Welcome to episode 10 of Real Talk. Um, it's part two of um, George is yeah, top 10. So I'm back. <laughs> I know he's back um, already. Yeah, he's going again. The, the, the one before, like the gap, it was quite a while, wasn't it? The prequel yeah. to the last episode. But now I'm back episode after. So, you know, yeah. obviously liking me. <laughs> I know. Well, um, it's, it's only us two today. Uh, Jack, unfortunately, couldn't be on again. He'll be on in the next episode, though, for definite. In the near um, in the near future, um, but yeah, uh, episode ten as well. You you've made it for the we've made it to double figures. Hey. Yeah, this is like this is quite a amazing achievement. I know. You know, one extra digit added on the end. I mean, we've got another ninety episodes for the next time this happens. So let's save the, every moment. You know what I mean? It's an extra key type. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we're in the um, we're in the what what can we use? It's not the teens, obviously. It's like. It is the teens. The, yeah, the I guess 10, it is the teens, yeah. 11, the tens. But... It's not the teens in terms of... It's the tens. Like, the actual, like, numbers. No. Nah. It's the teens in terms of the sort of, you know, the, um... I guess we're almost the... there, we're almost there. Yeah, we're almost there. I, I don't know the word at all, to be honest. <laughs> but, um, we're, we're kind of breaking the rules today, because George watched The Godfather, like, two days ago. And, yeah, um, no, I really like it. It's going to be an so, honourable mention of that, It's basically. sort of going to be like an honourable... Because obviously we mentioned it in the last video, but now we can talk about it like full depth because Jack didn't want to spoil it for me. Yeah. But, um, so it was really good, basically. Like, I really loved it. Wow, I suppose, George. I suppose <laughs> who'd, have, into... who'd have thought the Godfather is <laughs> good? <laughs> uh, now everyone's got my confirmation. Everyone can confirm it's good now. Now yeah, everyone yeah. has to be umming and ahhing about it. Ignore best. Ignore, ignore the best picture, Oscar. Exactly. <laughs> he's got the George's. He's got the thumbs up. He's got George. my approval. He's got all uh, the most acclaimed critiques approval. Exactly. So, um, um, but yes, we're getting get to the news. Yeah. Well, um, we said that at the same time. <laughs> I know. We're just we're just in sync. Um, there's not exactly. really been much like major news apart from like two big things. So. Um, the Oscars uh, in 2021 uh, has been pushed back to April 25th instead of like February it normally is, and um, the eligibility el- eligibility period. Hey, I said it. Um, I guess the reason they've done that is so there's more films that yeah. can be in it. You know, um, it's... so far 2020 is not looking that promising. <laughs> Birds of Prey, best picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, again, like the eligibility period has, has been extended from the end of December to the end of February. So again, that just gives um, two months leniency, basically. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet and uh, has been delayed to July the thirty first instead of July the seventeenth. Are they delaying yeah, it I, I, because I of the cinemas, or they, or they delaying it because like it's just I don't not know. Ready I don't know. Um, it's a weird one. Um, again, it's uh, an, another film alongside it. Probably the, the, the other big blockbuster this year, Wonder Woman 1984, has been delayed That's again. For October 2020, time. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, um, I'm going to be honest. Like, I haven't seen the first one. I don't really have much intention of watching the second. Like, watching either of them, to be honest. The DC. I really is... like. Uh, see, the Wonder Woman is probably the the, the highlight of the DC. You, in all fairness, to it. The only one I've seen is Justice um, League, and she seemed quite a dull character. But Justice apparently, if you watch an or- apparently if you watch an origin story, it might adds a bit more to her. Yeah, um, the first one was really cool. I mean, Chris, I think Chris Pine was in it as well. 
Um, and the chemistry between Gal Gadot and uh, Chris Pye was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's not a bad also, actor or anything. Yeah. Just also, see? like, it, uh, it was around, like, World War Two, and it was just, I think it's a cool period when it's yeah, done, yeah. well on film. The thing is, like, I literally have no idea, like, any of her powers or anything. Like, I don't really get, like, what our links are or anything. Like, I was just a bit confused watching Justice League. I literally just watched it because it's on Netflix and the Snyder Cut <laughs> and everything. So, yeah. What are your thoughts on the Snyder Cut? Do you think it might be able to save it all? Um, I don't know if it'll be like, I've, I've always been critical of uh, Zack Snyder's directing anyway. Mm. Um, uh, for me, he feels like a lot of film students, when they're making like, the first like couple of films, and everyone's susceptible to it. They try and make these like beautiful moments in a film yeah. that don't really add up to much in context-wise. Like They're trying to focus on these really big, beautiful cinematic moments. Everyone's like, whoa. But then nothing else happens in the film. Yeah, because about um, like Batman v Superman, there's quite a lot of like great action, but then like the actual story itself, yeah, is not really it, that impressive. It, it's it's not that layered as like a film itself in the story and narrative, but it's mm. it's got some like moments in there. You're like, whoa, yeah, um, yeah, and it kind of feels like Zack Snyder's just like a group of moments bunched together that feel a bit like whoa, but nothing really much else. The um, thing is, in Justice League, like you can kind of tell like what bits. Zack Snyder wanted and what bits like Josh Joss Whedon put in it you know yeah like you could see like Joss Whedon was trying to force like sort of like arguments really be realistic at that point and it's just such like a mess of a movie and... yeah I and mean every, everything just happens like so easily for them they're never like put under any challenge or anything it's just I just really didn't like it I'm gonna be honest yeah um I mean like I, again like I do like Zack Snyder. Like he's made like I like Three Hundred. Um, Are you a fan of Man of Steel? Or? Um, I like Man of Steel as well. Like I, I don't think it's the problem. The problem with it is that it's just been overshadowed by everything else that's happened in the the DCU that just doesn't. Yeah, it wasn't a bad starting point. Like no, like everything that's on the like Krypton as well. Like it's it's great. Um, mm. Michael Shannon, I really like. Um, and and it just fortunately wasn't followed up well enough no because i thought man of steel was sort of like a sort of standalone film i didn't realize it was going to be like a start of like a new universe or was that kind of like yeah. a last minute decision um i think well i think there's always going to be part of it but it was one of the things with the success of the mcu like every every single like horror film franchises or film franchise or anything is now in a universe and oh definitely yeah for better or for worse you know like it's one of those things where the MCU just been that successful that everyone's trying to copy that. It's, it's not even just from like a film standpoint. It's just from a business standpoint. Yeah, it's... definitely. Like the more money, like it's kind of like when certain characters appear in like certain films. Like for example, when like Doctor Strange appears in like Thor Ragnarok, you couldn't really if it's not like a universe like talk on a thing, it, it wouldn't really work in like most films. But like yeah. they, it just allows you to do cool things like that, and like it, it just allows more cameos and stuff. And I think. And obviously the money as well, but I think they're trying to like. I think this is like the new idea of cinema, just trying to make like big universes, isn't it? I mean, like it, it's one of the things where it's like a bit like MC, Marvel were a bankrupt comic, almost a bankrupt comic book company. And oh now yeah, definitely. If like, Iron Man failed, then yeah, like, like it, it would have done really badly. Because I'm, I'm even surprised like the MCU did sort of kick off because Iron Man did well, but the Incredible Hulk. Was a well, I wouldn't say it was a failure, but it didn't do great. And then they Man kind of and, just forgot about that. And then Iron Martin. Man two and four like aren't great films either. So I'm surprised like it actually did do again as well like, as it did. 
it's it's it, I think it's just the right moment. Like everyone likes yeah. crossovers. If you look back, like you got the Alien versus Predator films, which weren't good, mm. but everyone wants to go and see an Alien versus Predator film. It's like it's Alien versus Predator. Exactly. Like, yeah. Exactly. It's just the the whole like idea of it and the concept of it. It's the same with like um like there's this really bad film that came out called Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> Freddy Cougar. <laughs> Freddy Cougar and uh, Jason Voorhees. From oh God. Friday, but... And like, it sounds like a terrible idea, but like, I'm guaranteed that you're interested in that now. Like, you're like no, Freddy people versus would Jason. Like, like, I'd watch it's, that. It's like the Godzilla Kong thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. Even though it sounds terrible, like people will watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Freddy versus Jason is a bit of a guilty pleasure, man, because it's just it's a lot of fun. Like, it's, it's hilarious. Just like fan, it's they're just like fan service films, aren't they? Yeah. Really? Like, if you're a fan of horror films, then you're gonna. That like... is Marvel, just pure fan service, and oh yeah, very well from it. Especially certain films as well. Yeah, I mean. That was good fun. I watched uh, Avengers, the first one, Did you? a few days ago, and um, it was all those things about like I had the, they're just good fun. That's the best way. To oh yeah, definitely. Them. I mean, yeah, some you great really to, in there. You can watch it with like an open mind and just like yeah. sort of just sit there and enjoy it. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. that's the problem with the DCU. Like you just watch it. They're not even like that good fun. Like they're not even like well made films. No, it's they're, they're trying. They're trying to capture this dark and gritty that the Nolan trilogy captured, with the, mm. the Dark Knight trilogy captured, and it it just hasn't worked because the Dark Knight trilogy was st- it, one thing. It's doing it, Christopher Nolan's a genius, yeah. For one, and um, I mean the stories in each one, the performances. Well, excellent. we'll be talking about the Dark Knight trilogy enough later in the video because oh, my, oh my spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler alert. That's a bit of a, <laughs> um, a, bit of a giveaway, but yeah. Um, but it's one of those things, again, um, the Dark Knight trilogy is, it's a great crime drama, but trying to set, they're trying to keep this dark and gritty tone within the DCU while setting up an entire universe in two films. Exactly, yeah. Because it's like, apparently Batman v Superman was originally just meant to be like a second Superman film. Apparently it was like dropped in pretty late saying like, oh, why don't we just put, put Batman in it as like an antagonist? Yeah. And like, if you're going to plan it out well, then I can kind of see how that would work, but. I'm gonna be honest, like it, for me, it never seemed like a good idea because Superman is like, way too overpowered for Batman. Yeah. But I, kinda... I, I knew it would never work, especially yeah. coming out the same year as Civil War. Like, yeah, I mean that was the point of it. It's just a, like when the DCU very much feels for me a bit similar to um, the Star Wars sequel trilogy. Uh, it just it with with Marvel, yeah. every phase is somewhat planned out. Are they planned out? They got films planned out now that are going to come out in like what twenty twenty six. Exactly, yeah. and that, something then, like that. Now their actors are going to like stay on. For example, like, yeah. didn't they say, um, like Tom Holland's like got like what a ten film, ten films left in his contract or something like yeah. that. Like they, they know their actors are going to stay on. Whereas like Ben Affleck after two films, he was off, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. So Marvel have definitely got more planned out and like. You know they've they've got more ambition, I'd say. Yeah. Like more realistic ambition. DC have ambition, but they're not. It's a bit unrealistic. It's, they they were playing they catch up from the start because you know oh, by definitely. the time Batman vs Superman came out, the second film in what the franchise, technically. I mean, 2016. How many? I'll top that in now. Actually, how many Marvel films were out in? Was it the Civil end? War? I think and Doctor Strange. MCU, so that they were MCU. they were already on the phase three. List of. I think um, Marvel are already in phase three. While literally... Yeah, like, their universe is set up like. It's like Completely. It's, it's like Marvel were on like the 16th date with a girl, and 
the DCU were in the first state, they're just trying to rush everything like that. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to just catch up. Yeah, it's just like who can who can get get it quicker, and it's just like yeah. And uh, um, I think Man of Steel came out in 2013. That's also when Iron Man three came out. So the two big guns of like the cinematic cinematic universes. One was on the third film. One was on the no fourth. Sorry, the other one was on the first. So it just kind of shows really how far they were behind, even from that. I mean, they're on the thirteenth film. MCU when Batman Superman came out, 13. Seriously? Yeah. That's... Yeah, so way ahead. Yeah, so... Was Batman v Superman second or was it Suicide Squad? Um, Suicide Squad came out after Batman, I think. Suicide Squad came out after Batman v Superman. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm think pretty that, sure. That's one of the worst ideas for a film, but like it's similar to Freddy v. Jason. I mean, people are going to see it because like, they want to see like yeah. Harley Quinn and like people like that in a live-action film, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Anyway, um, yeah. Do you want to go on to um, well, the favorite films? Oh, in terms, of, I've got one more thing to add oh. in terms of news. Um, apparently Ben Stiller and Oscar Isaac are announced they're going to direct a film together, which is like a, a thriller, apparently. Um, that's... So that's interesting. Have they done anything before? Um, I don't think they have. Um, it's in- I'm, I'm intrigued by that because, uh, I mean, I like Oscar Isaac. Uh, he's been in obviously. He's, He's in June. Um, the new, um, uh, the new Denise film, the new film this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's he's in Ex Machina. Uh, obviously, he's in Inside Lou and Davis, the Coen Brothers film, and mm-hmm. obviously the sequels. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's one of the X Men as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like you know, Ben Stiller as a director, like I actually do quite like a lot of the stuff he's done. Um, for example, like there's this Jim Fer- Jim Carrey film called The Cable Guy that I feel is very underrated. Hmm. Um, he's in um, I don't know if he directed it, but he's in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah, he Secret Life of Walter Mitty is great. Um, yeah, and I, I, I I'm intrigued to be fair. Like I reckon it'd be good fun. Uh, because like, the thing is, they're both sort of like that age where it's kind of like if you're gonna go from actor to director, like that's the sort of time to do it. And they're both sort of in their forties. Yeah. I mean, Tropic Thunder still like holds up now. Like, it's really funny. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, who do you think will do like more of the directing side? Do you think Ben Stiller? I don't know. Be... I mean, I, I, do you think it'll be I mean, Ben Stiller. I don't know if has Oscar Isaac ever done anything together? Because you know, Ben Stiller's been directing. I don't think. I don't think he's ever done any. I don't think he's directed anything before. Has he Oscar Isaac? No. So like, uh, probably both of them. I'm intrigued to see what will come out with though. Like, because if it's great, then it could I'm be great. Oh, they'll probably it... both. They're Again, kind of different like, actors, aren't they? So it'd probably be interesting to see yeah. what they both bring to the table as a partnership. Again, like Ben Stiller looks serious. Like he's never done anything like thrillery, um, to my knowledge. No. But he's uh, serious stuff. Like he's in this um, Noah Baumbach film on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it's great. It's called The Morrowind Stories with Alan Sandler. No, I haven't it's... seen it. It's when Sandler started to go into choose a little bit more serious roles again. Um, oh, okay. Cut Gems last year, and I came out twenty seventeen, and he uh, was great in it. Him and Adam Sandler were amazing in that film. Um, mm. And he, he's done, like, obviously, like, The Secret Life of Water Mitty. Um, he's done serious stuff before, but he's never gone into, like, the thriller. Uh, like the, um, I mean, I suppose you can count Tao Heist that came out a few years ago. He always where he saw... him. But he's always, it's always, when he's directed, it's always been very, like, comedic. Yeah, I was going to say that. I can films. imagine him being more of, like, a comedic director, to be honest. Yeah. 
But I mean, you know, like I, I suppose it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting said, to see like, what comes out with. I didn't really have anything else to say apart from the word doing one, but it'll be interesting to see like what what they do. I mean, Oscar, yeah. I like Oscar Isaac as an actor, so yeah, so good do to I. See for a, I like. Both I don't really know that much about Ben Stiller to be honest. Like, I know who he is. And yeah, I mean, the first Zander's really funny. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good film. That is, and I like a lot of stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that goes. Mm-hmm, um, definitely. But anyway, do you, want to, um, do you want to go on to the favourite films then? Uh, why not? Uh, we'll do the same as we did last time. Um, so do you want to go? We'll do, I'll do, we'll do five. Do three. You do five. Oh, three. Uh, three. Three, and then three, three, and then we'll do our top two. Should we list off the honourable mentions first? Uh, should we, yeah. Should we do the honourable mention first? So obviously, last week we talked about the Godfather. Well, last week, last episode, and um, so I watched it over the weekend, and like, I really enjoyed it. So. It probably will go in my top ten now. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I, I keep thinking about it since I've watched it. Like, I keep thinking about scenes, not not, yeah. not thinking about them deeply, just thinking about how it happened. Can we will go? Wait, we'll just quickly like we will go into probably spoilers. So if you haven't seen The Godfather, no. yeah, yeah, go and watch it now. <laughs> They'll just skip to like a part where we're not talking about The Godfather. Yeah. yeah so um... first thing I want to say, Marlon Brando's performance is like very good. Yeah, Marlon like, Brando's great. He plays like. It's such like a cool, calm and collective like person. And you could imagine him sort of like you know, running and running like a mob empire. Yeah. <laughs> so and that. as well, like I know it's not really that type of film, but like the world building in terms of like, all the mob bosses is great as well. Oh yeah, you can see like inside. Like you get to learn so much. I mean even like the Armo Green scene, like Yeah. It's like a different like perspective. And I love the fact it goes over like ten years because it shows like kind of like the rise. Yeah. Well, it's the rise of Michael and the fall of Vito, yeah. really, isn't it? Um, there's a. I mean, I was. I think what I love about it as well because it's like you know, it's just everyone sees it like this this gangster epic, you know, the mm-hmm. set of three hours. Really, all it is is a family drama. Well, it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. Family drama. Exactly. And you've got yeah. the hot like you got um Sonny, you know the the brother who's a little bit of a hothead, you know, like. He goes off the rails. You've got Fredo, who's a little bit of a fucker. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, you've got Michael, you know, the the, the veteran who, um, you know, he's served in the war. You know, he, he went to college. Um, mm. was go- yeah. You know, he was going to college, wasn't he? And then he, you, There's literally no that. indication that he's going to no, take over, but really. It, but it all makes sense as well, him taking over. Like, the way he ends up in the family bird. Definitely. Is entangled in like, there. You can uh, see how it happens. People say... That the worst scenes from it, I know there's not really any bad scenes, but the worst scenes are the ones in Italy. But I think the bits in Italy are great because it really yeah. shows Michael like developing. Yeah, and I, I mean, when you see obviously the tragedy of his wife, you can see how this he started to just grow into this character. Yeah, yeah. This... And when he t- that last line when he tells the lie when he's like, "I didn't." Do yeah, it. and the closing of the incredible. door is so iconic now. Like, yeah, it's been referenced yeah, that's in the incredible. Simpsons. Uh, there's so many commoners that have just referenced that closing the door. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, also, a few scenes I'm going to highlight. Um, the, the, the uh, what you call it scene, the, um, the the pizza, the pizza race scene. You know, they're in Italian. Oh, that's How good. I, is I really that? like that. I really like that. Like, you know, the bit where they turn the car around. I was thinking, is this the right restaurant? I was a bit confused at that point. Yeah. But it obviously, like, he had it all yeah. under control. He went yeah. to the toilet and he kind of, like, you know, he kind of, he doesn't really, like, not that well. He gets it done, but he doesn't really do it, like, Yeah, well, he doesn't really follow the, res- the rules, does he? Like No. Um, and he, sh- 
he doesn't like drop the gun. He's literally just like uh, yeah. chilling in there. But again, and that's great because it just shows like it shows that he's not the good amateurist at what he does. of his character. Exactly, like, yeah. he's not there yet. But then by the end, like he is there. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to get into it either. Um, we'll carry on with the God, but I say like when you watch The Godfather two, when you can, yeah. You'll see watching them back to back, you just see this transformation of this character. Oh, yeah. Does he so like go much. even sort of deeper and like, yeah, yeah. And, um, but I mean, the first golf, I mean, a lot of people consider there's this, there's obviously the, the age old argument, which is, is one better or the part two better. There's the whole, yeah. What do you prefer? That see, like, I flip flop from both. Like, I can see both sides. Like, part two is great the way, um, You've got two different. You've got Vito's rise, mm. and then you've got Michael's story as well. On the yeah, side, yeah. Back alongside each other, which is uh, most of the films would get that pace just so wrong. But the way it's done in The Godfather Two and the way it's written, it's is it like parallel to each other? Yeah, it's it's yeah. paced perfectly and both into like into intertwine with each other at times, mm. and it's like ah, oh, you can see how and why. This part of Vito's story was shown. This part of Vito's story was shown, and then it shows Michael not even acting up on the story, but you can see how it links in with Michael's story just then. Yeah, definitely. It's perfectly paced. Um, but I mean, the Godfather part. There's just so many great scenes. Like I love it at the end, and um, towards the end of the film, where Michael and uh, Vito are sat. Um, you know the table where like they're talking is like, oh, Michael, have you done this? Um, yeah, yeah. When he's in the he's garden, like, got... and he's like, yeah, I've got it under control, Dad. I've got it under control. Yeah, it's almost like he... it's almost like his dad's just like, it's like one of those dads saying, it's like, well, I'm just telling you what to do, but you obviously know better yeah, than me, kind like... of thing. And like, you can that's just... a great scene. And you can see like this now. Michael is now in charge. He's oh yeah, dog. definitely. Um... And I, I like the fact how they... when Vito dies, it's almost like that's like the full on like you know. That's when it completely passes over because yeah. even when they're in Vegas, they don't fully trust Michael, do they? They want to deal no. with Vito. Yeah. But like Vito's saying, like, no, Michael's the man. But then it takes Vito to die for the full like Michael to come out of his yeah. shell. You know what I mean? Um. And I know, um, I know it's probably a bit like cliche. But my favorite scene has got to be the, the church. Oh yeah, with the it's like it's so because that's the point where Michael's like. Obviously, he's rise to power, but that's when he's just executing that power. Yeah, um, yeah. Where it's just intertwining, and you got Mo Green all just getting assassinated, and it's it's. I love the way. It's, I mean, obviously, it's it's edited and it's been parodied by you know the Simpsons and countless of the Breaking Bad, countless yeah. of the countless of the shows and movies have ever like copied it. But it's it's just so well done, and you've got it's, um. You sort of like don't really expect it. It's just like. Because there's not really like a load of action, and then you just get like five like murderings. Like, um, I'm typing in who did the score because the score is perfect. Oh, the score's brilliant. Um, yeah. Nino Rota. Uh... You get that real like Italian when you're in Italy. Yeah. You get the real sort of Italian feel. And apparently, my mom was telling me the other day what, after I'd watched it. Apparently, I've actually been to the place in Italy because I've been to Sicily. But apparently, yeah. I'll, apparently, I've been to where. It was oh, around. that's cool. I've, I, that's that's really cool. That is. Yeah, you know the bit where it's like the um, restaurant. And it's like, yeah. the guy comes out and he's like, that's my daughter. Yeah, you've been yeah, there. Like, apparently that's I've been awesome. around there, so that's pretty sick. I didn't, obviously didn't realise at the time. It was about three years ago, but yeah, so that's I've been awesome. there. So that's quite, that added a bit like, kind of, whoa, that's pretty, that's pretty mad. Yeah. Um, obviously it's different to how it was in the 70s. Oh, but definitely. Yeah. Um, again, like, there's so many, like, Dinah Rigg is um, Michael's, um, Michael's sister is great as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Sonny, oh, that... played by James Kahn. Um, obviously, you've got this, 
he's he's, he's demise, which is again oh, yeah. iconic. Sonny's great. Like he's probably just to, to start with. You don't really know who's because Michael's like first half an hour. Michael's not really in it a whole lot, is he? No, I mean he gets introduced and then that's he, it. So the it's almost like I always thought Sonny would probably be like the main protagonist in a way. Yeah. Like. Oh, well, obviously there's Vito, but when Vito got shot, I was like, well, it's going to be Sonny or Michael. I was thinking probably it's going to be Sonny here. But, I mean, no. another thing to look at now, it, it feels, it's so, it's unfortunate, but you feel like this film wouldn't be made by a massive company anymore. Because, I mean, the first 40, 40, 50 minutes of the film is t- taking place at a wedding. Nothing happens. You just see these characters um, and like... Well, that's the thing. Nothing really does happen. It's not like a film where it's like, whoa, it's mad. This happens, this happens, this happens. It's not like... I think that's the nice thing about it. It's not too overwhelming as well. I wouldn't say it's not easy to follow, but I think if you're intelligent, you can... Yeah, I mean, you just like you, you, you're looking for you're taking that adventure where you've seen all these like great films for the first time, and I'm so jealous. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I can't. What, how old are you when you first watched it? Because didn't you say um, you didn't really like it first time? I was quite like I, I started against like properly when I was like 13. I started to watch a lot more. Like, yeah, if you're 13, films. I could see why you wouldn't. Really and then I watched it once, and I didn't get it. And I was like, but then there was something draw me back to it because I was like, oh, cause it was the first time I'd ever seen a film like of. I mean, I've I'd seen longer films before, but at that length and. And that that story over such a long period of time, and the way it t- takes its time. Nowadays, you go into a film, and you know it's like, "Hi, I'm this character," and that's it. But this yeah, exactly. takes its time. To There's no way these a characters. film like that will ever. Well, I wouldn't say ever be made again, but like in this day and age, I don't really see no, how it could. Because, no, like, I mean, it, it utilizes the effects you've got back in the seventies so well. Whereas, like yeah. now, they if you, now it's being a film made now, they probably want to utilize like you know the um. The current effect, so like you're not really gonna get a film that's just like you know like that. I mean, again, like even you look at like long films like the MCU, the Avengers, um, they're all long films, but they don't take the time to build these characters as well as. Oh no, not does. not all. It's, it's a lot because they've got to make room action. for like action and like fighting. Yeah. and at the end of the day, like I don't think anyone, if the Godfather came out modern day now, I mean, again, obviously it it would never. Um, but I say if it was made now, no one would go and see it because no one wants to sit in a cinema for three hours and watch a slow building family drama. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, no, it, it definitely like came out at the right time, you know what I mean? And yeah. I think its reputa- reputation is definitely right. I mean, to give anything, like, it's probably considered... I think if you had, someone had to say, like, what's the best film of all time, probably that or Sean Shank, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously you got like the Sits and Kane people and the Orson Welles. Uh, yeah. It, for modern cinema, Angry Men. Uh, yeah, Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Uh, for modern modern cinema, purely, I mean, The Godfather is the one is the pioneer of it. And all. the thing is, as well, it's timeless. Like, I don't ever think it could get no. old. Because the thing is, like, even when it came out, it was like for, it was like based thirty years before. Yeah. You know, and like it's still out now. It doesn't feel like aged at all. You it's know just... what I mean? It's also like inspiring as well in some ways because uh, Francis Ford Coppola, genius director. I mean, he struggled to make it. Like at first, the studio didn't want Al Pacino to play Michael. Really? Yep. And uh, he, That's per- he, that was perfect casting. That he one. had to fight to get keep Al Pacino in the role. Um, really? They wanted to set The Godfather in modern day, um, not in the thirties, and uh, Corleone refused. And he had so much trouble in it. The way it's come out. I mean, for me, that is Al Pacino's best. But that's what you want. You want a director like with passion and yeah, you know, his 
Do you prefer his performance like than it is in Scarface? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, with Al Pacino, like legend as legendary Say hello as he to is, my little friend. he's um, <laughs> at times he can go a little overboard with his performance, a little yeah. heavy-handed and over the top. Which it, it, it's part of Pacino. Like it's great. Like it works in Scarface because he's 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 such a loose cannon towards yeah, him. And he's yeah, brilliant. But as like as a proper like layered performance, I don't think. He could ever beat Michael Corleone. I don't think no. any, people would, anyone, any actor would struggle to beat Michael Corleone in his transition across. So, do you prefer his, do you prefer Al, Al Capone's um, performance to Marlon Brando's? Um, yeah. It's so hard, is it? I don't know who I prefer as a character. You see, in part two, I'd say Al Pacino's. I prefer opportunity in part two than part one, but he's still so mm. good. It's things that everyone in this film is so good. Uh, yeah, definitely. Even the guy like like Fredo, for example, and um, you got Dinah Sonny. Riggs. Sonny. Sonny's great. James Kahn is... That Luca I mean, guy as well, he's good. Yeah. People, oh, like his death scene where you can, like, where he gets choked and you can just oh, walk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, like, his eyes It's pop just out. silence. Like, no action he's ever done that now. You've got this massive score behind it. That is just silent. It's like you can feel. I think like... my favourite death is the one where he puts the glasses on, it shoots through like the eye, and then you oh, can yeah. feel the blood just pour out. That's great. That's great. That is. Yeah. See, like hides how gross it could be, but it still shows it in a way. It's so gritty. Like I love the guy because it's at the time it's silent. Like the Luca Luca Brazzi death scene, he's so it's silent. You know, there's no yeah. score. He just walks into this quiet bar, and you can just feel like it's you know real. Gonna happen. It's real. It's real, yeah. and um. I think that's why The Godfather is just so great. I mean, I think it's really the realistic. Play. The only thing I don't really find that realistic is Don Vito should could never have survived that that shooting. Um, like, I mean, I guess it's I don't know it's possible, but I don't know. Like it, it adds to the story. And yeah, no, it's, it's, it's again the hospital scene is great though. When um, oh yeah, the when police officers go and, it... and he's got to move the um, they move the bed in. He, Michael's outside and he's like, oh, put your gun in your put your hand in your pocket, make it look like you've got a gun. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's and, um, incredible. That is. Like, really it's so that. tense, and it. There's just so many. It's not even. Yeah, and it's like all silent. You can just hear the cars going past. You don't know yeah. who it's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Like it's such great filmmaking. Like now that would have like a score over it, and no. Yeah, it's just so different to anything else I've ever seen. Yeah, like completely. Anyway, should we? Probably should yeah, move on. Move on to uh, this your is probably a subject for another day, isn't it? Like, we oh, we could talk about the Godfather for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do that. Um, so we're going three. Um, your three, then my three, then your top two, then my top two. Okay, so my number five is A New Hope. My number okay. four is Batman Begins, and my number three is Inception. Okay. So two um, Nolan films. So Star Wars, which isn't, you know, that's... Let's talk about New Hope. Well, um, first of all, I think it's probably one of the most timeless films yeah. like, ever, really. And it's it's just iconic. Like, there's, there's so many scenes that are like... I think... I don't know about you, but when people think of Star Wars, I think they probably would think of, like, those Mos Eisley scenes and, like, those scenes on the Death Star. Yeah. And, like, Definitely. the Darth Vader quotes. I mean... Obviously, there's not, not. Obviously, as you watch the other film, you learn more about the characters, but um, like the performances and like the fact you know little about the characters in the world, but then you want to know so much more, and the fact it can work as a standalone as well. 
It's just, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I just love it. And like, all the characters you're introduced to are, like, great. Definitely. Um, I think, I, I mean, one thing which I think I just, I with A New Hope, it's such a simplistic story. Like, it's not, it's, it's literally just a hero's journey. I mean, yeah, it is, yeah. And it, it it's, I think the simplicity of it really makes it timeless because it's accessible to anyone. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I feel like it's just, like, an easy watch. But also, like, you get really invested in it as well. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, with it, like, it doesn't slow down. Like, it only speeds up. Because the first 20 minutes, it's literally just C-3P and R2-D2, isn't it? Just talking. Yeah. And I find that, like, two, like, non-characters, really. So you don't even get introduced to Luke in, like, the first 20 minutes. Yeah. And uh, Luke's development's pretty good as well. Like, his aunt and uncle getting killed. And he's like, oh, I was going to go to the Tashi station to get some power converters. Yeah. <laughs> and to, like, the end, he's, like, um, blowing up a Death Star. Yeah. Uh, it's just, like, such a simple, like... I don't know, it just works so well as a film. Um, I mean, you've got... It's a, it's a Alec, miracle. Alec, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Alec a miracle. Guinness. I mean, Alec Baldwin's great. I love his everyone. Alec Guinness, you mean? Uh, Alec Guinness, yeah. Yeah, Alec yeah. What did I... I watched it with Alec Baldwin the other day. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> Yeah, Alec Guinness is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Apparently, he got paid like way more than all the other actors did. Um, yeah. Harrison Ford wasn't really big time back then, was he? No, he was. Uh... <laughs> no, he wasn't at all. That was kind of his big break. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, he was but... actually trying in that one because, like, in Return of the Jedi, he, he sort of like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's not trying as much, but he does seem to be, you know, slacking a bit. Yeah, he's just so like he's he just works as a charismatic actor though, and it, it, even when he's not trying, it's such an iconic character, isn't it? Han yeah. Solo, it's brilliant, and I think that's the thing. Like A New Hope, you know, it was a lot of people's like childhood that film, and I think that's why like people sort of have a bad rep with like what they did with like The Last Jedi because of like what they did with Luke, and yeah. I think that's probably the reason like people don't like it as much because. They didn't really stick to like what tr- how traditional Loki is, and that stems from a new hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think like with the new hope as well. I mean, obviously you got the George like the issues with like shooting it, and like George Lucas overcoming like thousands of technical difficulties. Oh yeah, people not trusting him. Yeah, <laughs> and Mark then... Hamill and um, Harrison Ford were messing around, unless Alec Guinness was on set, which I found really funny. That is, yeah. <laughs> you can just imagine like them two just like having like having a mess about that. He's just, and then uh, Alec, Alec Guinness like walking in. He's like, you can just imagine Alec Guinness is like the professional he was. Like, oh yeah, yeah, the proper old school actor. Like, this is how we do it. Yeah, and he's just like, right, I'm, I'm a big. The big boys are on set here now. Yeah, I definitely. also love the fact the fact that like, men- they mention the emperor, and like without any context, like if you don't know anything about it, it's quite cool because obviously he's still mentioned, but like he's not in the film at all. Like he's like he's not seen once, so yeah. it's like it-, it shows like there is like people above like Darth Vader, but he is still like the big dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's an in- he's an incredible character. New Hope because New Hope's the one where he's literally like you don't know anything about him. He's just like this big like. Monster, basically, yeah. isn't he? And he kills, yeah. kills Obi Wan. I know that lightsaber battle isn't like incredible, but on a storytelling level, it's really good. Yeah, um, and if you if you watch the Revenge of the Sith one as like just before it, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, it's it's one of those things as well. I mean, George Lucas at the time, you know, he was a very like a really young director. Like I don't want to say he's 
late twenties. Um, he made mm. like THX um, uh, one one three eight um, before it. I think that's how you say eleven thirty eight. Um, and American Graffiti, which you know they're both really good films. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you love American Graffiti, don't you? Yeah, American Graffiti is great. Uh, but you know this sort of level and it, it was it, it was a blockbuster at times. Um, mm. very early blockbuster. And this young director just tackling all the problems he had, you know, studio mistrust in him. Um, and it, it's kind of like an inspiration in a lot of ways. And it's even like things like the design of the Millennium Falcon, like they've just managed to get like such like an iconic ship and like the shapes yeah. are so iconic. Yeah. And like even like um, the Mos Eisley Paul, like I, when I was watching The Mandalorian the other day, like there was an episode where they go to Tatooine. Yeah. It's not really spoilers, but that it's just one of the episodes and like i don't know it just gave me chills just being back there yeah definitely i mean i think especially with like a new hope when you even watching like the prequels or all the sequels or you're watching i don't know like so if you're sitting down to watch force awakens yeah it, it's 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 got this nostalgic element to everything definitely like, yeah. even if you even obviously like growing up with them but like even watching them recently you're like oh i want to go back to new hope now like i want to watch New Hope. Yeah, and... Even without nostalgia, New Hope's still like a great film. Like, New if Hope's you watch great. It, if you watch it with a fresh mind, having not seen any of the others, because yeah. that was the thing. Like, I, the f- New Hope was the first one I ever watched, so like, yeah, it was great to watch it, and like, it's just such a fun adventure. Yeah, definitely. And it, what's your standout scene? Would you say from the whole film? Um, there's a few that I like. I mean, obviously you got the um, Alec Guinness um, Obi Wan death. Yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Death kind of coming to one with the force. Um, one that I like is uh, after you know, like his parents have uh, passed. Luke's parents have passed away, and mm. uh, he's staring into the sunset. And you got oh, um, that's brilliant. The force that's the theme, force theme. Yeah, that like it's, beautiful. It's, that's a beautiful scene. It, it's a beautiful scene. And again, like I always come back to um, Revenge of the Sith. You know when uh, Luke Luke's at the like, end when yeah, he's with the when baby. Skywalker's with a baby, and it just yeah. Oh, it chills the hot like the whole the force in especially is obviously iconic in itself. But I think even at, even at the shot. end of the last year, I'm think I'm getting chills now just thinking about it. Yeah, same. even the last Jedi, like um, when he dies, that's like it's really good. The force, yeah, theme uh, at the end. I mean, it's been referenced since like a little like funny Easter eggs in every Star Wars film, and I think it's 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 one of those scenes where you you don't notice unless you like you've seen the like a New Hope thousands of times or. You're like a Star Wars fan. Yeah. It's, it's it's always close to, I think, most Star Wars fans' hearts, that whole, like, scene and yeah, shot and in it, general. I didn't realise this, but the Imperial March isn't even in, in A New Hope, but, like, the score in A New Hope is incredible. Yeah. I don't think it's the best, but it is, like... It, it's I not mean, the best, all, all Star Wars films have great scores. Yeah, there's... But, uh, um, but like, it's still, it's, it introduces some really good, like, scores. For example, like, the Force theme. Yeah. I think... um. I love the bit where he's about to take the shot and um, Ben Kenobi going, "Use the Force, Luke." Yeah, yeah. And it, that that that's probably my favorite scene. That that makes me shudder every time I watch that. I mean, obviously you got the whole Death Star destroying the Death Star sequence in the. Um... Oh, that's yeah, that's really good. And then Han Solo comes at the end like, "Yeehaw!" Because it's yeah. almost like a redemption art, but there's not really yeah. like, that much to it. It's just you don't really you, you sort of don't really think he's gonna come yeah. back because you just say like he's just this man in it for himself, but then. It's great to see him come back, and he's he's such a likable character. You know, you, you almost want him to come back to Luke, don't you? Yeah. 
And like it's... he spends Empire Strikes Back as well, like co- coming or going. And then by the time Return of the Jedi, he's you know he's fully like rebel, and that yeah. he's, it's a beautiful arc. Han Solo. It's, it's it's I think it's what makes him so great as well, because like A New Hope kind of started this thing of we've mentioned that but world building it's kind of the first series that yeah. kind of started that i mean han solo you know nothing about him but he's got like he's like oh he's just a, he's just their um uh a, a, like a merchant that's why i refuse um, to watch solo because like it's so much better in being mysterious yeah i and haven't it, seen solo and it, i don't really want to know what his backstory it's okay is but it, it's what you're introduced to this this character and you, you don't know who he is you don't know where he's from but this relationship he has with Chewbacca. Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca and because yeah, that's the thing. Even though he sounds like a bit of a jerk, like you can see, like Chewbacca obviously trusts him, so that kind of like sort of puts yeah. you on like a level. You know, he's got like this dog who like trusts him and you know it works with him. So that kind of makes you think, well, he must have like some good good qualities. And then as yeah. like as the film goes on, you sort of start to realise that he is like more noble than you think. And obviously that redemption with the shooting the Darth Vader. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's not really much more you can say about New Hope that hasn't been said. I mean, it's timeless. I'd yeah. give it that as well. Like, I don't really think it'd get old. I mean, if it was to get old, it'd be old now. It'd feel old now, but obviously, it never I mean, it's still old because like obviously, you know, like it's like uh, it's it's a lot more like practical and like special effects and CGI, obviously. Mm. Um, but it's it's still just so much fun. Um, so I think that was a good thing. Like I'm glad they saved the action for like the more lightsaber battles to the lighter films because it's almost like they didn't need. Obviously, Empire is well. I mean, you'll hear more about that later. But Empire is like a great sequel. But you didn't even really need a sequel. It just works well as a standalone film, you know. Yeah. Like a lot of a lot of films nowadays just setting up for other films to come out, aren't they? Yeah. And especially like a sci-fi film like Star Wars. Like if that came out like now, you'd be thinking, well. There's definitely going to be a sequel to this, but at the time, there's probably like it's probably unlikely. And I love that, like one last thing. I love that throne room sequence at the end, even though it's like yeah. fairly short. And you just see like hand wink at Leia. <laughs> yeah, that's like it's just an, some it's... great touches. I think the Rise of Skywalker tried to do the same like idea with that at the end, and oh, they gave Chewie the medal. Yeah, oh, and God. it was like the whole thing where like everyone was like winking and smiling, but it just didn't have the same. Charm and film. Well, it's nowhere near as good as film. Because yeah. that's the thing in Rise of Skywalker, they actually like cheat. Well, they make the film makes it seem like they achieve a lot more, but like it's just because it's so like the way it's like set out, it just doesn't work as well, you know. Yeah. And it's just well, I, I don't want to get into Rise of Skywalker to be honest. No, nah, um, <laughs> that's a so, topic for another day. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to uh, move on? So, I'll write your yeah, second, um, well, sixth, no, fourth. seventh. Well, it's the seventh technically in it, the whole. Well, um... te- I mean, it's the seventh, but it's fourth in my list. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to go fourth is uh, Batman Begins. So, obviously, you had your, um, you were talking about on your podcast, the Dark Knight trilogy, but I wasn't on it. So, I'll give my initial thoughts. It's a probably one of the best origin stories I've ever liked witnessed and like i feel like the certain scenes like when he when they burn the house down like it almost feels like there's no sort of way back you know you don't understand how we could actually like stop all this and it's like it's done in like a real really realistic way and the whole thing is so realistic and like believable 
And yeah. it's just like the whole film's a beautiful arc. The world building is really good. You know, like I like the fact that Scarecrow's not the main villain, but you think he is, and then it's like the twist is like he's trying as the main villain. I love that. Yeah. And the the villains are great as well. The the acting's brilliant, like obviously um who plays Jim Gordon now? What's his name? Um oh uh, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman's brilliant. Yeah. Mark Kane's brilliant. Uh Morgan Freeman and Christian Bale are all really good. So I just really I just really I mean, enjoy it. It's just I a like, great like watch. I like him becoming like the training sequences with like Ra and like in like Ra Al Ghul and uh Yeah, the training sequences are really Mason. good. Like it's be- like they're beautiful as well, like they're in the mountains and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, um I I, yeah. also, I mean the world the world building in uh, Batman Begins, like um you know the whole Falcone fa- fa- I was outside um, Falcone when like you, you want to know, like, about, like, how he's built, like, um, Gotham to, like, you know, got to... The... You could almost have a Netflix yeah. original series on that, couldn't you, like, yeah. called Falcone, like, see how he's, like, building up, like, Gotham. Yeah, like, it, it's just an interesting... I mean, talk about Scarecrow as well, like, I think Killian Murphy's great as Scarecrow. Well, um, I, I mean, I haven't seen a lot of Peaky Blinders, but I actually think Killian Murphy plays Crane better than he plays um, Tommy Shelby. Yeah, I I always think he was quite underrated before Peter Brown. Like, everyone, yeah, like, yeah. He was in a lot of that. Like, he was in this film called Sunshine with Danny Bill, which I'll be talking about um, on another episode. Um, but he, he's always been... he's. I think what he's, he's so good with Scarecrow is... I mean, the, all the set Scarecrow sequences with the um, the spray are so well done. And they're quite, I love... He's quite creepy. He's scary at times. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, because he's like... You, you can tell he's like a clever person, but like he's kind of... A psychopath as well, and it's kind yeah. of creepy. It's almost like a sort of, I wouldn't say dumbed down Joker, but a less intense Joker in a way. And I love that bit where he's going, The Batman. Like, he's kind of like taking the mick because he's not scared, but then yeah. the Batman, like, kind of takes him on. And it's like, as well, like, Batman's like over, he's not overpowered as well. He, he's like, obviously, he's very good at what he does. But, like, he has a good reason to be, like, so good at fighting because you can see him doing all the training and stuff. Yeah. And all the gadgets, like, made in a realistic way. I love the Batmobile, uh, like, when they're trying out the Batmobile in the, um... Yeah. It's him and, like, Lucius. And there's just so many, like, good things about it. Um... And I think I th- if the the Dark Knight Rises was, like... The, the Dark Knight Rises is great, but it's not as good as Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. And I think mm. if the Dark Knight Rises is the best, like it'd be definitely what says like one of the best trilogies of all time. And I think it already I is. I still think it already is, you know, like it's yeah. got thoughts. But I mean, one thing which I'll say as well, it's like, like I love the original Batman with Michael Keaton um, mm. and Tim Burton. Um, but I'd say Batman Begins is, as an origin story in general, compared to even like some of the MCU films, it's very thorough. Um, like you see definitely. this guy become, you know, this... You, you start to see this like Bruce he's such Wayne a likable character as well yeah go from Bruce Wayne to this like a full on cape crusader you see his transition exactly um, I love that about this you shouldn't really feel like sorry for a billionaire and feel like bad for him and like like him that much but the fact is that yeah. doing such a way like he's so likable yeah and it, I know that you're actor but um, that Rachel's a good character to be fair and she's like it's it's like a realistic damsel in distress. It's not like Spider Man where it's like Mary Jane's just yeah. like taken for no reason. Like she is in on the you know, she's in on the crime. She's actually a threat to the scarecrow. So it's like it yeah. makes sense for her to get like poisoned, you know what I mean? It um, makes sense for her to be in danger. 
I do. I, I will like. Um, I like uh, obviously like the Joe T- Chill and everything story they went with in this trilogy. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Just the whole um, Joker, like. Yeah, I'm so glad they left the Joker out of this film. I mean, obviously, yeah. it would have been great to see more Heath Ledger, but the thing is, like. I think if you put the Joker in straight away, you know, you want to wait to like, because the second film's always meant to be like the, probably the one where the, probably the one where they're supposed to be put to the most challenge in a trilogy. Like the second film's meant to be like the sort of darkest ending, really, isn't it? Out of all of them. Yeah, um, I I'm not like, uh, I'm not a big fan of um. The only thing I don't like about the film is I don't like Katie Holmes as Rachel. Don't um, you? I don't know. She's I a good kinda, character. She's just very forgettable. Um, I'm kind of glad it got um, recast. I mean, she it's not um she she was offered the role of dot in the Dark Knight, but she apparently she turned it down, which is yeah. kind of weird. But I don't know if Maggie Gyllenhaal does a better job. I mean, I, they're just the same, to be honest. I mean, it's a really writ, well written character. The acting is nothing special. I think the acting is not bad. It's just you got to look at all the other great performances. Yeah, definitely. And like Christian Bale's so committed to being Batman, like that um that one scene where he, he literally um the scene where he's just been poisoned, the reason he sounds so groggy is because he's literally just woken up in real life, and like to me that's great commitment that is. Yeah. Like, and the fact that he had to get like shred, he had to go from like being like kind of normal build to being shredded. Then didn't he have to get fat and then get shredded yeah. again? Yeah, he's just yeah, he's a he's an insane actor. What he's like method acting is just for me is. For he's me, he's the, the only Batman. Day. He's the only Batman in my eyes. Like, I do like Michael Keaton, mm. but Christian Bale is great. Did you say you're a fan of the Kevin Conroy one? I mean, I know you can't really compare um, voice, yeah. voice to. Yeah, it's. I do like Kevin Conroy. It's. I mean, I do love Mark Hamill's Joker as well. Um, oh, Mark Hamill's Joker is really good. Live action wise, I do like Batman. Again, I like. I've always. I, I do feel Affleck would have been great if it wasn't for the films he were in. It's a weird one. Um, I heard someone say the other day, it's quite interesting. If Keanu Reeves like could, would have been good as Batman in the Dark Knight trilogy. You see, I, again, I can kind of get it at one point, but I'm not sure with him playing the Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of too. It's a great. It'd be a great Batman, but not a great Bruce Wayne, I reckon. But we all love yeah. Keanu. Oh yeah, definitely. Keanu's <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, what's your in terms of? In... Oh, just I was just gonna say one more thing, like. Um, I think it leaves on a really good cliffhanger as well when he says like he leaves a calling card and it's like you can see the Joker. It's like teased yeah. for a sequel. That's brilliant. That is. Oh yeah, like yeah, that's cool. That is. And then we'll get into that film later. But do you prefer that one to the Dark Knight Rises? Batman Begins. Uh yeah, I prefer Batman Begins. To Dark I do. I think Batman Begins is almost as good as Dark Knight. Yeah, no, I, I, it's on a par for me to be honest. What would you rate it, Batman Begins? Because it's kind of I wouldn't say it's controversial, but it's under really underrated. I've heard, I've heard I think it's, it's not like overshadowed by um. It's not like I, I I know a lot of people. Everyone seems to like like Batman Begins. It's just the, like everyone talks like oh, if you mention the Dark Knight trilogy, everyone talks. It's about just like the, the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight, the Dark Knight. A, a, a lot of people haven't I mean, seen like the whole trilogy. A lot of people have just seen the Dark Knight. I mean, it's still an amazing film and everything. Yeah. But I think you're kind of missing a. Tr- I think you're kind of missing a trick if you don't watch all three. Yeah, yeah. But that was the yeah. case for me too. For all. I only watched the Dark Knight for a while, and I've I'd heard bad things about Batman Begins, so I didn't watch it. And then I watched it. I absolutely love it. 
Yeah, look, okay, I, I, I know it's quite high rated on IMDb and it's been critically, it's critically acclaimed. And I know yeah, like a yeah. lot of fans really like it as well, but it's, it's, I mean, I just the Dark Knight does overshadow it a little bit. It's probably like, it's probably still like, people probably still agree it's probably the second best or third best Batman yeah. film. Because like, the older ones aren't great. Um, um, I mean, apart from, like, I like Batman, the, the original Batman. The one with Jack uh, Nicholson in Batman it. Batman Returns with Jim Carrey. Yeah, as a Riddler, but all the others. Just... I mean, Batman is Robin. Batman and Robin is. Um, Batman and is, Robin's very bad. It's hilarious. <laughs> but it's like, it's not that bad. It's funny. It's like ironic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So we. I know you said earlier. Moth. So it was Inception was next for me. Inception. I think it's definitely the cleverest film I've ever watched. Um, it, Chris like he wrote it over like ten years. Did um, it? It's, the the cast as well is everyone insane. was cast so perfectly, and the thing um, is, like, the amount of good actors that are in that film. Yeah, definitely, and I mean, like, like Killian Murphy plays like a small role, and it's like, I know, it's just great. He um, could like he could have like led it, but Leonardo DiCaprio is just brilliant. I mean, as he is in everything, but I mean, just... yeah, Leo's great. Tom Hardy is Tom Hardy. Br- I mean, he's my favorite thing. actor, and he's like, um, I love him. He's he's great in that film, and um, it, I mean the direction. I mean some of the scenes, like the zero gravity scene, is so oh, good. Oh man, yeah, like, that bit in the the elevator. Yeah, I mean the thing is, a lot of people say it's confusing. I sort of got it first time. Um, I like, uh, yeah, like I can see how people got it because it is like a lot to take in at times. But I do think like Nolan is a master of ex- exposition, like the way he introduces the world. Definitely, yeah. Is so good, and it, it's not boring either. Like he comes up with interesting ways to tell it. Um, like when he sees his uh his girlfriend on the bridge. Yeah, yeah. And um, you got like the city like intertwining. Yeah, because the thing is, it's like even though there is expedition, it's more show, not tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even and... the actors, even like the characters, sort of doing it. It's like, well, look, look for yourself. Like, it's like they'll be in the middle of a dream when they're showing the architect yeah. the dream, and then you see it, and like the, all the buildings yeah. will suddenly start like going up in the air. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, like, it's, with uh, all the it was... CGI is done like really well, and it's visually like visually it's amazing. Oh yeah. Um, again, it doesn't feel like a long film either for me. Like, no, it's... no, it's and it's like non-stop, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean. I, I, the whole cast is just like looking looking at it now. It just like boggles me. It's like I mean Ellen Page as well. Like she was in it. Like I mean, she, she's yeah, like yeah. used to the exhibition, isn't she? Um, Joseph Gordon Gordon Lewis hasn't really done a lot recently, has he? Um, he's a great actor. He is. I don't know. No, if like... like he he chooses a lot like smaller roles sometimes. Um, mm. I think he's great in. Uh, he's in this film called Five Hundred Days of Summer, which is brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he's really um, good in Looper. Like Looper, he's in the Walk. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. He was in the Snowden like a few years ago, and was he? Yeah, he, obviously he was in the he was in the Last Jedi. <laughs> yeah, no, doesn't he play like a small part or something? Yeah, yeah, um, I think that was probably because Ryan Johnson like. Well, like Daniel Craig played a Stormtrooper, didn't he as well? Yeah, in the Force Awakens. Yeah, yeah. like I, I don't know. The thing is with Inception, like, there's that many like good characters in it. It's hard to choose. Like, isn't Ken Watanabe in it as well? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's really good. The, the the main cast, the ones who all go on the mission, like including Killian Murphy, like it's it's incre it's incredible. Like you can't really pick one out. I mean, you could obviously say Leo's the best, but then you know they're all they've all got their different qualities. You know, 
Oh, even yeah. Ma- I mean, I know it's Christopher Nolan films. That means Michael Caine's got to be in it somewhere. Even he makes an appearance. <laughs> I mean, everything from the ending, like, is so perfect. The way it like, leaves in the The ending, it's... Like, the totem, that's such a good idea. And, like, the way it ends. I mean, it's I all... think it's great, because, like, my person, like, everyone's got their own interpretation. Personally, like, the reason why, like, he doesn't care if it's spinning or not. Like, if it carries on, like, he's with his children now. Like, that's... Exactly, yeah. What, um, what do you... Do you know if it is spinning or not? Do you think it is real, or do you think it... Personally, I don't think it's real. Mm. Um... But I, I don't think he cares either. Like he's yeah. Well, I don't see why he would care. It's just like he wants to be with his family, and that's like the kind of. It's kind of like. It's a, it's it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of sweet and ending in some way yeah. in the dream, but no, it's like a mad film. But like the stakes aren't actually that high, which I find. No, no, they're like, kind of really like a big. It's not really like a big like. I mean, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters really is so he can see his family, and it ultimately he does see yeah. him at the end. You know, yeah, it's quite nice. He's always got that goal inside. Yeah, um, I mean, is it? I don't know. I don't know if it's my. I don't think it's my favorite Christian Nolan film, but man, it's so good. I mean, Hans in Hans yeah. in the score as well. Is oh. I listen to Hans. I listen to that. Well, like sometimes it's no better. Like just before you go to sleep, just sitting on your bed with some. Yeah, no. To- I think I think times like probably like the like the most well known score of yeah. all time. Time all time time. But yeah, that, that's a, that's a great like the ending where it's like spinning and like you you got yeah. that plan in the background. Oh my god, I don't really um, think that, I don't really think they'll ever be a film like it. I mean, Tenet scene's got kind of similar, but obviously it's a sound director. I don't think so it anyone does. Uh, it's, it's it feels like a Nolan film. Like it's like no one like you go into a Tarantino film. Like no one is ever going to make this film ever again. Apart oh, from yeah. Tarantino. Yeah, and definitely. It, it just feels it's 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 Nolan at its best. Is Inception. Nolan your favorite director? No, he's up there though, obviously. I think he's one of mine. I mean, I haven't seen all these films yet, but like, the thing is, like, I, I, I thought like the Dark Knight would kind of be like a one off, and then I watched the others, and then I watched Inception. It's like, yeah, it gets better and better, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I, I, I really want to watch it on a big screen because I've only watched it on my phone so far. So hopefully soon I'll be able to watch it on like a big screen with like surround sound and stuff. Like, if there's ever like replay in the cinema, that'd be incredible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I guess it's it's mine now. Yeah. What would you say um, in terms of writing it? What would you write it? Inception. It's a, it's a I think I'd have me. to give it a ten. Yeah, it's a ten like, for me. Uh, all it, the films I'm talking about at the moment are all tens, but like Inception, like just because like the way I just got to go in my heart in terms of, like how they're ranked. So. It's so what like it's so well done. It's so ambitious, and I've got to give it oh, a ten. Yeah. Like it, it's doesn't that really change about it? Um, yeah, definitely. But it's it's great. Um, so yeah, we'll start off with my uh, first one of mine. Um, mm-hmm. It's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, um, starring Johnny Depp, Benicio del Toro, and directed by uh, Terry Gillum. It's based off uh, the Hunter S. Thompson uh, novel. The Hunter S. Thompson. Slash, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 basically about uh, Hunter S. Thompson's character uh called Raul Duke uh mm. he's a journalist that heads to Las Vegas to cover uh like the the, the mint 400 uh, motorcycle race um, I'm gonna be honest I've literally never heard of it but I'll take you yeah. word it's good uh <laughs> it, it, it's quite a lot of people have it's it's, it's a bit of a cult classic now mm. um it's gaining it, it, it they're, they're going to cover this race and but it's not really about that at all it's it's about it's it's about making fun and just picking apart 
the irony of the American dream. Yeah. Uh, what That's I love quite film interesting. so much is that it's not, sometimes it's, it's a really ugly film to watch. It's mm-hmm. crude. It's, it's unapologetically moral and morally just backwards. It's, yeah. at, it's so evil at times to watch. And that's what makes it so good. I mean, it's like really well, well written because it's like you feel kind of. Yeah, I mean, direction you feel wise, I mean, for it kind of. Yeah, Terry Gillum's style is great. Uh, in this, it, it really works for the the source material. I think um, I, I think I've seen a film of his before. The like the acid, um, the acid and uh, the, the drug, the drug fueled sequences look incredible. Um well don't look inc- mm. they look ugly but they're so well done that it's it's at times it's just like ah oh, it just makes you shiver. It's a lot of Dutch angles again. Um a lot of uh the colour the colour grading is very all over the place and it, it, it feels like you're high on drugs. Um, yeah yeah at times it co- it it covers us the source material for Nurse Thompson's novel is very hard to put onto screen. Because um, Hunter S. Thompson's style of writing is it's fast paced. There's lots of long, long paragraphs of dialogue. Um, the particularly famous section of his novel is it's it's called the wave, um, the wave monologue, and mm-hmm. it, it basically picks apart Six's counterculture movement, and uh, it's done so beautifully well in this film. Um, I mean. Johnny Depp. Oh, I have heard of this film before. I'm just looking yeah. for it. It can't because I always remember it kind of looks like Elton John on the on the front. Yeah, uh, Johnny Depp plays Raul Duke. Uh, yeah, Raul Duke yeah. is based off Henry Thompson. He's a very much of a character of him though. Like, Tobey Maguire's in it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's in it for like a minute. Oh, um, right. well, he, he's third on the cast list, so um, that's quite impressive for any bit of a minute. Johnny Depp's great as Raul Duke. He really. He plays Thompson so well. He gets a lot of his mannerisms down. Yeah, um, yeah. Just a lot more exaggerated. Benicio del Toro is great as Doctor Gonzo. He's um his lawyer. Also, flees in this George. Is he? <laughs> yeah. There's this acid. <laughs> another scene, ra- um, another it's... random appearance from the great um, man himself. And it, it, it it's ugly. Yeah, plays listed as hippie slash musician. <laughs> yeah, it's ugly. It's it's brutal, and it, it it's at times it's shocking, sad, and just downright ugly um yeah yeah but it's so it's, it's one of those films that you just need to experience um uh, yeah it's kind of like an interesting experience so it's just worth the watch yeah kind of thing. well not perfect uh it's it feels very ambitious in its filmmaking its techniques it, it used and um I, I just i always come back to it every year or so johnny that's um, sure a great actor he hasn't really been in a lot recently has he um, he hasn't had a great few years, but um, I've, I've, this is one of my favourite performances of his because he plays it so well. And uh, if you haven't yeah, seen yeah. it, it's on UK Netflix now. So if oh, you haven't it? seen it, I'd, Mark, give that I'd a recommend watch watching fairly it. Fairly soon. And um, yeah, uh, it, it's just—it's not a perfect, but everything it does well, it's perfect. And its depiction of the American dream is yeah, yeah, just so so good, and it's—it's it's funny. It's sad, it's dirty, and just damn right horrible. So it makes you feel kind of a few emotions. Yeah, it's unapologetically just ugly, and yeah, I love yeah. that about it. Um, yeah, I get that. Second on the list is uh, one of the... When I was getting into film, um, I was getting into like, oh, a lot of different, different genres, and I started to get into, get into, into horror a lot more. Mm. Um, and the first one that I really, like, I remember, like, oh, well, like, 
I could see what horror as a genre could do is actually quite modern. It came out in 2013, and it's called The Conjuring. Um, oh yeah, my brother, my brother was telling me about. It. I haven't seen it, but it's it's I'm direct. With Jake's films, I haven't seen it, but apparently <laughs> it's like very scary. You're getting there. You're getting there. Uh, it's directed by James Wan, uh, who's known for the Saw. Well, he directed the first Saw film uh, mm. on like a shoestring budget. Um, but this whole film is the vibe. Like it's a constant sense of dread and sadness, and just yeah, it it, it it's creepy throughout. I mean. The, the production design and the set design is great. Um, the, the direction, a lot of modern day horror films don't seem to follow. Um, when there's a scare in The Conjuring, it's a scare. It's not someone. It's not opens, just like a jump. It's, it's not just someone, like a... It's not someone opens a door and there's there's I don't know a, a dog runs in and barks. Mm. All the scares are genuine. Um, I'm not saying there isn't any jump scares in The Conjuring. They are, but they are all real ones. Um, and the, the sense of just, it, it's a film that really gets its location very well. There's a lot of times in modern day horrors that you feel a lot of time is wasted. You aren't, no tension is building and you're not really creeped out by it. But throughout yeah. The Conjuring, you've got this unsettling, uneasy feeling throughout the film. Um, yeah, it's kind of like relentless. Yeah, um, it's based off true story and Vera, Vera Farmiga is Lorraine Warren. She's a medium. And mm-hmm. um, obviously, you, you know, you, you're meant to like see spirits and like paranormal beings. And it, the way they use this like this trait, this uh, medium trait, where you can see like ghosts and spirits throughout the film, is just creepy. Because um, mm-hmm. the 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 the, the family who move into this farmhouse, the farmhouse has got a ridiculous amount of paranormal activity going on. Like you would never yeah. live there. And uh, when, like, Lorraine Warren and the paranormal investigators go, you see a lot of the stories and the, the people that have died there that still roam the place. And mm-hmm. it's just uneasy. It's creepy. I mean, there's a scene especially that involves um, this paranormal investigator, Lorraine Warren. Uh, there's a tree and there's someone hanging at the tree and it's a paranormal spirit. It's a bit of a spoiler, but it's done so well. It just it sends you just uneasy and unnerving. Yeah, and, um, is it like a horrible kind of film to watch? Like, in terms of, like it is. It's an easy. Or... It's 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 horrible. I mean, it, I always show it to like friends because it, it it's so eerie. And it really captures the element of a paranormal film should. Yeah, um, yeah. The creepiness of it. I'm I, I'm not really a massive fan of horror films. I just don't really find them sort. Of, I find them sort of too predictable. But I, I can, but I'm like I encourage you to sit through the conjuring. I'll we'll sit yeah. through it together. To be fair, when we yeah, the lockdowns yeah. over. Um, yeah, definitely. I love about this as well is that you got like Lorraine Warren and Ed Warren, these two paranormal investigators. Normally in horror films, there's like a trope I find where there's paranormal investigators or someone linked to the paranormal. Um, they kind of feel like they know what they're doing and they're in charge of the scene. A lot of the times when like these two investigators are at this house there's times where they just feel like they have no control over it and it makes things a lot creepier you don't know what's going to happen you feel like there's no there's not like a safe zone throughout the film it's just a constant like level of eeriness sadness and creepiness throughout it and it's it's perfect yeah so is your favorite horror film i'd definitely say it's i wouldn't don't i, I don't like labeling singers as my favorite but yeah, the way it yeah. captures because you've got loads of themes you, like... of horror. It, it, there's not a better horror film. It's the best horror film in the last 10 years. I'll make that. Well, fair enough. Um, so what's your next one? 
my next one for me uh, is uh, a James Bond film. Um, a Roger also, Moore James Bond two film. Two Bonds, yeah. Uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. Oh, okay. Um, Roger Moore is... Uh, it's, it's a Bond, like, it, it got to a point where things were a lot more... They're, they're a lot more light-hearted than, you know, Sean Connery or even Casino Royale's James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, or even uh, Timothy Dalton's James Bond, they're a lot more grittier than uh, Roger Moore. A lot of people dismiss them. But The Spy Who Loved Me is Roger Moore's best performance is James Bond. He's charming. He's witty. Um, yeah. And he's so much fun to be around. Uh, some of the action sequences are really fun. Um, it really captures the scope and the the epicness of a James Bond film really well. A lot of the, the, the car sequences, um, the score is a very 80s, like synth fuse score that just really adds to the time setting and period it's in. It looks a very colourful film by a lot of Yeah, it is. It's, it's like visually some, kind of... Some beautiful locations. Yeah, um, as there always is with Bond, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, it, it, for me, it's, it's the quintessential Roger Moore James Bond film. It captures the funness of it with some really just incredibly great action sequences um, that the Bond series is known for. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it's Christopher Nolan's... It's one of Christopher Nolan's favourite films as well, so... It, it says it? like it says like it, it taught him the scope of like what cinema can do like the scope of the the epicness of the film and uh, I would have to agree. Yeah, directed by Lewis Gill, but he's well, he's, he's done quite. A he's very. He's quite old now. Not born in nineteen twenty. He's done a lot of. So yeah. when he directed that, he would have been quite old, but it's quite a long time ago as well. So. Yeah. Um. I t- what can I even say? It's not even like it's not even a unique plot for a James Bond film. It basically steals off. Is it quite generic? Yeah, um, it, it steals of the plot of um, "You Only Live Twice," basically. Mm. But everyone in the film, because the, the the previous film before it was "A Man with a Golden Gun," and it, it was a bit lackluster at times. Like, I like it, but it feels like every everything in this film, everyone is given the rep, the full full effort. I mean, it's Richard Keel's first appearance as Jaws. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, quite iconic. Um, so he come back in quite a few, then. He, he comes back in one more. Um, oh, right, but yeah. he's quite. Uh, Roger Moore is just. It, it really patronizes. Seven seven foot Richard Cale. Yeah, wow. I know. He's, he was huge. Um, That's incredible. Legend. Um, Roger Moore, although like at times is a lot more camp and a lot more like jokey. But it's really more like cool in this it one. It really works in this film because um, it, it it still feels like he's a James, he's a James Bond, and um, he feels like with the man with the golden gun, the film before it, before it, it tried so much to be to, to tone him down and turn him into Sean Connery's James Bond, where like you know, like Sean Connery would be the serious double agent. Like Roger Moore's Bond feels a lot more jokey. He's good at his job, but. He, he likes to have a good time doing it. And I think The Spy Who Loved Me is just so much fun. Great action scenes. Yeah, definitely. Roger Moore is just so charming. Um, Richard Kill. I think that's the thing with a Bond film. Like, you always know they're going to be, like, fairly consistent, yeah. fairly fun watches. But it's the ones that, like, stand out and, like, make you feel yeah, the most um, that are the ones that are going to... You, you're going to love the most, The opening series really. is great as well. Like, it's, it involves Bond uh, skiing down a mountain. And then uh, oh, he jumps Bond off. skiing's iconic. He, uh, he unleashes a... Uh, he, uh, he undoes a um, uh, his parachute and his parachute goes to, like the, the British flag 
and it cuts to mm-hmm. uh, nobody does it better their theme song and it's 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 such just an iconic sequence yeah um, yeah oh, i mean everything it's just there's no better feeling than when james bond is done that well and it, it, oh yeah well he's just such a cool character isn't he he's just so iconic yeah i mean he's a british uh, icon and um do you prefer this to casino royale or can't you make your mind i think i'd probably definitely watch this over casino royale yeah, um, yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, I think that's the main way to decide to how to whether to rank a film. Because it's like, if you were to say like, "Oh, would you rather watch this or watch this?" I think that's the only. Way. If you've got a film that's joint, then. Um, but I suppose as well, it kind of depends on like what you've rewatched most recently. Because it's like sometimes you want to leave it a while. Because like when I've got a good film, I like to leave it a while before I watch it again. Yeah. So like, I get sort of like the surprise element when I watch it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, when the sets are gorgeous, I mean, Ken Adam, who's designed, he designed, like, a lot of the sets for James Bond, like Moonraker, this one, You Only Live Twice, The Volcano. He's such a great mm-hmm. production designer. I mean, Stanley Kubrick has been influenced by him, um, as is, well, when he was alive. Um, mm-hmm. And it, James Bond is an epic, it's, it's a big film. It, it's not, it's just there to have you're gonna have fun for two hours and you're gonna have that with the spy who loves me exactly yeah um so um is that all you got to say or is yeah um i guess it's down to your top two well okay so my top two at, at joint number one is the dark knight and empire strikes back damn i'm gonna be honest it wasn't really a surprise i don't think no you would it's really not be really that surprised, surprise. did you? but obviously for people who don't know me listen to this they're definitely my two favourite trilogies and like for me, like they're great middle films and they're just I just love them both. But do you want to say your two, Jake, and then we can talk um, about Yeah, them. so mine is um Jurassic Park and Ooh, Rear Window by Alfred Hitchcock. I've never heard of that. Um it's an Alfred Hitchcock classic. Um Oh, okay. So yeah, probably why I've never. Heard um, of it. <laughs> I'll start on Real Window then. Um, yeah, yeah. If you if we go Real Window, Dark Knight, Jurassic Park, yeah, Empire Strikes, um, we'll finish here, Empire Strikes Back. Real Window, yeah. Real Window is it's for me. It's my favorite Alfred Hitchcock film for many reasons. Uh, one, it's set in one location, and I love a film that's just set in one location. Um, and uh, like the way it introduces the character, Hitchcock had the thing where. Uh, one of his fa- one of his most famous quotes. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna just reference it here. I'm not saying this word by word, but he says that if you turn the sound off from like a picture or a film, the audience would mm-hmm. still know exactly what's going on. And um, from the opening shot, the way it introduces all the characters in this apartment block, uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 he literally just shows them. He doesn't he doesn't tell you anything. There's no dialogue. He just shows all these people in one apartment block about their day. And, yeah. Um, there's no, I don't, for me, it's perfectly introduces the setting, the people around this apartment. Because uh, the film basically is about um, Jeff, like he's a professional like photographer. He's played by Jimmy Stewart and uh, he's broke his leg and he's stuck in his apartment and he spends the day just looking through his window with a, some binoculars staring and spying on his neighbours. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of like builds a bit of tension yeah. for like... And um, yeah. they think that he witnesses a murder. And okay. um, 
it slowly unravels throughout the film and uh, it's just beautifully directed by Hitchcock. I mean, as I mentioned, the opening scene, it opens with just like a, a wide of the, the apartment block he lives in. And uh, yeah. the camera just like tracks around, goes through like windows. You get to see people all live in this apartment block and you get to see them getting on with the day. You get they they you get introduced to all these characters like one's on the piano, uh, one's a musician. So um, it's quite a good like apartment block building like you get to see. Like, yeah, yeah. Who um, lives there? Yeah, you get yeah. to see live there without. There's no dialogue. You just you by the by the time this like this scene finishes, you know exactly who everyone is in the apartment block and who they are, what they do, their relationships with the people they live with, or if they live with anyone, etc. And mm-hmm. um, it's it's just so it. it it's perfect. It's quintessential Hitchcock because the way it unravels it as like a thriller and a mystery. Um, it's tense. Uh, yeah. It's beautifully directed. Um, you can't really be a tense film, can you? When no. the, it's like you're on tender hooks and it's kind of like a shock what happens. Hitchcock's and you're like really. Yeah. I think tense films are the ones you can't take your eyes off the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's. Uh, his shots directing is beautiful. Like it's, it's, uh, the blocking is great. Um, every single frame, you know, you, you, it tells you every, every frame in this film shows you a, like a million paintings. Um, mm-hmm. an example of like a, a Hitchcock ism, so to speak, is it shows it, it takes a shot of what, um, James, Stute, James Stewart's character is looking at out of his window at someone and then mm-hmm. cuts back to what his face is doing. So, like, um, say he's watching, this is not in the film because I don't want to spoil it. Let's say he's looking out of his window, he's watching someone get murdered. It'll cut yeah. back then to his face and you can see, like, the shock of someone getting murdered. And um, he sort of does that oh, so that's well. That's quite interesting, yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of dialogue, um, but there's... So he sort of understands everything through the, the emotion for the movement of the camera. Rather than, like, what they're saying. Yeah, for the movement of the oh, camera and uh, how it's edited. Than... I mean, it's quite an old film, isn't it? Fifty-seven. Yeah, uh, fifty. Yeah, yeah, uh, fifty-four. I think. Um, and but... it's not that long either. Only one hundred and twelve minutes, which is. Um, but I suppose I... it doesn't really need to be that long, does it? I mean, I'd encourage any it's anyone who's interested in film because you can see how you can tell more through a camera and uh, mm. movement of the camera and editing than you can through dialogue. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, James Stewart in this film, he's got a lot of interest with Grace Kelly, great, uh, a character played by Grace Kelly, obviously an iconic actress. Um, which is, yeah, yeah. Their their relationship is great as um, Grace Kelly goes from not being interested in J- J- James Stewart's neighbours and um, to being interested in what they think is like a murder investigation, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Grace Kelly and James Stewart's chemistry is great, and it, it for me, it's just a perfect Hitchcock film. So is that your favourite of all the Hitchcock films? Yeah, Ruined is my favourite Hitchcock film. Fair enough. Uh, Should we go on to The Dark Knight? Yes. Okay, so... um, Initially, I think the fact that... The first thing I want to say is it's ranked fourth on IMDb. And I think for a suit... I know it's sort of debatable whether it's a superhero movie or a crime filler. But for a superhero movie to get, especially a Batman film, to get like that high up, is like amazing. I think the fact it's fourth. Yeah, it's, that's it, like incredible. 
and compared to the films it's up against as well, a lot proper lot of cinematic, a lot of masterclasses. Yeah, it's for me. It, I mean, it, for me, I think it's also like a really good superhero film. But as a crime thriller, um, it's great. It's fast paced. It introduces you to these characters, and the Joker is a perfect antagonist for the protagonist in the film. Definitely, yeah. Because Batman obviously won't kill, doesn't want to kill. Um, mm-hmm. But then the Joker then the won't Joker... stop until he kill. He wants back. The Joker is encouraging Batman to break his rule and kill him. Exactly. But he just won't... and the, the the Joker's plan is just like so like well thought out. And even though it's kind of like fairly on a small scale in a way, like compared to the other two films, it's yeah. like it it still just works really well. And like the thing is with Harvey Dent, like you know that he's gonna turn into Two Face at one point. Yeah, he's gonna snap. So yeah. like what they do. What Nolan does is, instead is he makes you make Harvey that likable person, make you know all the people in the film like him, so you don't want him to snap. Instead of like it being a surprise, it can't be a surprise. You know what I mean? Everyone knows he's going to turn at some point. Yeah, I mean Aaron Eckhart is great as well. Um, obviously, you know Heath Ledger's performance is brilliant, and like yeah. his legacy of the the Joker performance is. For me, he's the best post non urban villain they'll ever be. Um, oh, yeah, really definitely. Set... I don't really think there's any bad performance. Every, really in, every Joker that's going to come following him is always going to be brought back to Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, because even Joaquin Phoenix was right, but... but he's not. He's completely different. To... No one is ever going to play Heath Ledger's Joker as well as Heath Ledger again. And, yeah, n- yeah, never. And the thing is, like, it finished Heath Ledger off. I mean, like, the, he literally like chi- didn't it, like change his personality because uh, he, I mean so he could act like he, him. yeah he, I mean unfortunately like he suffered like a lot of issues throughout his career and life personal mm. life um we, we won't get into it cause, uh, out of respect but you know he he had yeah, a, he, yeah. he suffered a lot and for me I always look back onto Heath Ledger's performance in that film as you know that was that was that was his masterpiece. Oh yeah, definitely, and I think like. I think the Joker's the Heath Ledger's Joker is probably seen as like probably one of the best villains ever in cinema, really. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is as well, like he's at he's actually after like kind of the same goal as Batman in a way, and he really like tests Bruce Wayne, and well, Batman Bruce Wayne, he really tests him, he puts him to his limits, and like even if even if you think like uh, Bruce Wayne might be doing like the right thing, there's just Joker's always like. Two steps ahead of him. Yeah, I mean, he always knows. Like, and he's just incredible. I love and the like, quote from the Joker uh, when he says, "Ah, oh, it's like when an unstoppable object hits an un- hits an unmovable wall." Um, yeah, yeah. And it's that's perfectly describes the Batman and the Joker relationship in that film. Definitely, yeah. And also, like, um, there isn't really like any wasted scenes. Like every scene, like. Especially like that China bit, you kind of think in the context of things, it's kind of wasted, but it's just like re- it's more well built. It's just really cool, and it like adds like so much more to the story. Yeah, and I, I just think like the world building like expands on well. Like I was, I was thinking about this. You can't really have the perfect film, but you can have a perfect sequel. And I think the Dark Knight is a perfect sequel because it like adds so much more to the trilogy. If you get what I mean. Yeah. Um. I think as well, like this, it's so well directed. Like people, like one thing which always surprises me is that there's not many like trilogies or films where you can just go into the second film. Like 
as you've mentioned earlier when talking about Batman, Batman Begins, um, there's a lot of people who've just seen The Dark Knight, but not. Yeah, exactly. And that show is like, it, it kind of outshone Batman Begins in some ways because, like, that's yeah, how good it is. Yeah, when a film like, doesn't need to rely on its, like, its predecessor to be like a good a st- film, yeah. it, it works as a standalone film. Yeah. And then it's, gra- it just, it's just great. And that's the thing, because in, in years to come, people might forget about The Dark Knight Rise and Batman Begins. Well, people won't forget about the Dark Knight, so it needs to work as a standalone film, you know, and it did yeah. work. And uh, and I, I just the action's amazing as well. The action, I the, love the that special, part. I mean, obviously, when the, the you know when the, the, the lorry flips, like that's great. Um, oh yeah, practical yeah. effects. Was was that the film which Christopher Nolan broke the IMAX? Um, yeah, he broke. Camera. Yeah, I think it was that scene. Yeah, four million pound camera is just gone. Wow. Um, <laughs> Um, there's only four in the world, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, and uh, well, like the, you know the hostage twist where it's like you think that like, they're Joker's goons, but they're actually the hostages. Yeah. That is so clever. Like that is so well played yeah. out. So the Batman's actually fighting against the FBI uh, agents. That's like I, I love that scene. Yeah. It's, I think that yeah. that kind of shows that the Joker's f- plan in full. I mean, did you say you'll fight? The, the, interrog- the, the interrogation yeah, scene is interrogation. Is great. Uh, it's super well directed. Um, well like, acted. Well, it's. I mean, obviously the acting, but you know, it's super well directed. The way, if you look at the way Nolan moves the camera in that scene, and um, mm. the way it moves over everyone's like shoulders, it's it's so well directed, and it, it, you can see the tension building, then then lower, and then rising again. It's it's great. Um, you've also got the scene where the Joker's like, "Ah, oh, you want to watch your friends? You want to see the ones who?" Um, when he's like, oh, I'll watch like, all of your friends die, that whole uh, section, when he's talking to the police officer. That's great oh, yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and like, the bomb in that guy's body is yeah. incredible. That's like, everything's just so well thought out. Yeah. And, um, things that like, don't really matter towards the start, like you think aren't going to matter at the start, everything just like comes together well, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think there's, there's a lot to say about it, you know? Yeah. I think it work. It works well in the trilogy. Like the Dark Knight Rises, kind of. I wouldn't say it relies on it, but a lot of the Dark Knight Rises is like, you know, it's all the Harvey Dent stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I then, think you can still watch, but I think it's it's always going to be hard following up with the Dark Knight Rises, uh, Batman Begins, and the Dark Knight. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, also the ending with um, where they kill Harvey Dent, and like Batman, you can see how unselfish he is. He's just like. Uh, it's more important the city like knows it's like the hero yeah. the yeah, hero yeah, they deserve but not, not the hero they, they needed. need yeah no the That's hero they need but the one they deserve like or yeah, something like yeah. that yeah it's, it's is that so re- is, I've never really under is that referring to like the need the need Batman but they deserve Harvey Dent I think it's down to the fact think. that like Harvey Dent was like championing Gotham uh like mm. justice and uh, how like a man is not corrupt and he he, he won't be turned, and for me like the, the, I think they don't want to show that he that he's turned as like a bad yeah because Joker and literally like got they want to respect got, his legacy got like where his weakness was yeah and, like, and I suppose in a way if you show him. like if you, if you make the best man in Gotham if you turn him into the worst yeah man, then, then the whole city's not gonna be happy with that you know no, what I mean like it's, it's gonna turn the scene so yeah I do like that and that's great. And it's quite dark, considering it's like a 12A. It's actually like a really yeah. dark and gritty film. And I think they got the balance just right. Like, 
12 is probably the best, in terms of like success, is probably the best like why you're going to make money because kids can still go and see it, but then it's also like mature enough for adults. It's not like a kid's film, but it's not like two. No. And I think that was definitely, I think to have it all right, it probably wouldn't have been the best. It could have worked. But it would have, I'd, I'd have liked to have seen it, but like part of me goes, ah, you know, like it does. It's perfect work anyway. Out. Yeah. Well, there's never, as I said, it's a perfect sequel, not a perfect movie because you can't really have the perfect movie. I mean, everything's got their flaws, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, I say that, but the Zazie Mandia's Breaking Bad, that's like, you can't really beat that, can you? In terms of, like, how could that get any more no, perfect? No, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, you sell things strive for, strive for, perfect, for perfection, but you're never going to achieve it. Well, exactly. And, um, I mean, what is perfect? Because perfect, the idea of perfect is it's everyone, everyone would call it a 10 out of 10, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got, you know, everyone, someone's going to have some problem or some nitpick with everything. Yeah, like, yeah. Whereas the perfect sequel, it's kind of different criteria. It's like world building, how like well does it develop the characters, that kind of stuff. And I think like the Dark Knight does that really well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so Jurassic Park, or you got anything else to say? About yeah, that? I mean, like Jurassic Park. Uh, I think it's it's. I mean, it's a great blockbuster for one. Um, it holds up so well. It, I mean, that's the choice with like Steven Spielberg using like actual uh, like like robotics uh instead of cgi mm. and um actually creating these dinosaurs yeah animatronics kind of thing and animatronic like that it for me it really benefited from that um because you can go back to the first Jurassic park and it, it still holds up so well um again you know it, it's a, it's an iconic blockbuster but i think it's so much more than that there's so many great scenes of like tension um the best example, like, uh, the whole kitchen scene. Um, yeah. I haven't seen all of it. I've seen parts of it, but, like, I know, yeah. like, the, the rough idea. Um, the whole, like, um, the, the, kitchen se- the kitchen scene when, um, basically, uh, I think it's, like, I think they're velociraptors. Uh, mm. The raptors, like, they, they go into the kitchen, they follow these kids in, and it's super tense, and it's super well-directed, um, it's uh, there's a lot of like close-ups, and yeah. uh, the way like Spielberg moves the camera and like long takes, it, it's just it, it builds tension so well, and um, I think it might be, I'd say it's top three skit Spielberg for me. Yeah, uh, over over um, is it is E.T. one of your favourites or E.T. is one of my favourites, but I think I'd rather watch Jurassic Park than E.T. Yeah, I think E.T., like, even though it's great, it's got sort of the childish sort of elements, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, Whereas, like, at times, the Jurassic Park is, like, still like, creepy, like, the, the way it builds tension. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, um, anything with dinosaurs, is, is George your favourite? George oh, is probably so my favourite up there. My skill, but you see, I'm not sure, because, like, for me, Schindler's List is excellent, but I, I, I'm never going to sit through Schindler's List every year, because it's such a... And the Simon Private Ryan as well. Simon Private Ryan is... It's hard with Spielberg. Like, I don't know. He's got so. such a great like catalogue, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but I mean, this uh, the characters in this film. You have got Jeff Goldblum. He's got most... a great. He's got a great catalogue, and then he's got Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Ah, oh, he's made worse ones than that man. Yeah, <laughs> um, Ian Malcolm, uh, Jeff Goldblum is probably Jeff Goldblum's most iconic. I love. Role, I love Jeff from... Goldblum. He's a great. Yeah. He's a great actor. Apart he from Independence Ca- Day, um, so charismatic. 
he literally just plays himself and everything. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> and it yeah. just works. Um, <laughs> earmark, I mean, obviously, you've got the whole... Have you seen his series on Disney Plus? Yeah, yeah. It's quite good, to be fair. I really like um, it. Ian Malcolm's so great. Jeff Goldman's perfect in this film. He plays this, like, scientist guy. Um, mathematician, no mathematician. And, uh, like, the way he's talking to Richard Attenborough, who's also mm. great in this film, is John Hammond, the owner of the park. Um, I mean, obviously... Jeff Goldman's character is so iconic. I mean, they brought him back in the remakes, which have they? What, what are your What are your opinions on Jurassic World? Jurassic World was the most forgettable experience of my life. Um, didn't it think didn't it was do bad. The, it didn't was do the franchise any harm, kind of. It didn't do any harm, but that was like, and then lost. They were both just the most boring. Because uh, yeah, so I heard someone say the dinosaurs look better in park and they're doing well because of like the CGI. Yeah, like the animatronics do look great still. Um, which I watched a few weeks ago and it did surprise me. Um, again, look, what surprised me about this film is the way it sets up its characters. Um, this game, it, it took its time. Look, you don't really see any action for the first hour. Mm. It sets up this character and sets up this like theme park so well. Um, mm-hmm. like, you're introduced to Sam Neill and Laura Dern, uh, Dern's characters. Um, and uh, you see Richard Attenborough, this like, rich guy who's opened this. He's trying to convince these, these people that the park John is Hammond. safe. Uh, it's John Hammond, yeah. yeah. And he's trying to convince these people that the park is safe. And uh, the way it just takes its time to build these characters. You've got his grandkids as well. Um, it was really nice to see. Us. You, you didn't get that in Jurassic World. Like, first half an hour, I mean, the characters were just nowhere near as good as um, Jurassic Park. And uh, Even though Chris Pratt's, like, really charismatic, sometimes you just can't be at the originals, can you? No, like... It, Chris Pratt's like great, like he's, he's a charismatic guy, um, but it did not take the time for me to set up the characters as much as it did in the first Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. And uh, you, you you know if you, you, re, you when you get to the point when shit does go down, you start you really care for these characters. And uh, I mean, I, one thing which I always I just love about Jurassic Park is that. It's it is again so much fun. Is it sort of similar to the jaws and like kind of like the way the dinosaurs and like obviously the shark builds tension kind of thing? Um, I'd say jaws is probably a little bit like again. Oh, yes, that's hard. It's similar in a lot of ways the way Spielberg builds tension. Mm. Um, but I just this the, the, the kitchen scene in Jurassic Park is some like if you want to build tension in a scene and just watch that scene, you can learn yeah, so much yeah. from it. The way like the close ups are used. And the way Spielberg moves the camera in like long takes, it's just great. Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised I've never watched it. To be honest, like, obviously, it's one of those like you know when it's on around Christmas. I've seen yeah. parts of it. I've just never really sat down and watched it. It's like, oh man, it's great. The thing is, like, I always prioritize films that are on like streaming services. I've got, you know what I mean. So unless yeah. I really want to watch it, but I need to watch it at some point. I can add it to my long list. And uh, John Williams' score is like obviously oh, yeah. iconic you, you now. Can't like, beat, well, I mean, everyone you can't beat John Williams, really, can you? No, I mean, I've never known him. Hasn't he won like how many Oscars? Oh, he's won a ridiculous amount. Um, I mean, he is just a great composer, isn't he? Yeah, it's. I mean, the theme for Jurassic Park has been on like. I mean, I bet like one in three people had the Jurassic Park theme as a their ringtone at one point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so iconic, isn't it? Um, yeah. Also, like Samuel pit- Jackson's in this film. Yeah. Is he? What does he do? Yeah, uh, he plays the scientist. He's 
Uh, I he's not the year say, before. I thought you were going to say Flea was in it then. No, Flea. Flea's a dinosaur, though. <laughs> Flea voices a dinosaur. Uh, well, to fact, next episode I'm talking about um, Point Break, so Flea's in that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty much right, everything right. for our films. Uh, we'll finish on. Oh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, oh yeah, Empire Come Strikes on, Back. Come on, Jake. <laughs> Go at Empire. Mean, okay. We obviously already touched on this, like New Hope and like um, the Star Wars prequels episode, but I think I think most people can agree that Empire's the best out of a great saga. Well, okay, half of half a great saga, half of a questionable saga. But you see, you know, like I always say, that as, as much as like Return of the Jedi has its problems, like it's still great. Oh no, no. What I mean is like the whole the saga on a whole with the prequels and the sequels. Yeah. I think if it wasn't for Empire Strikes Back, then the Star Wars... I mean, obviously New Hope started it all, but Empire got it big, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, obviously the, that big reveal with Darth Vader, that's, like, an incredible... That that That's probably one of the biggest, like, um, subversion of expectations that I've really ever known in, like, cinema. I mean, like, with it, with the Empire as well, like, it's got so many... Like, it introduced Lando, um... Oh, yeah. No, the characters introduced. Palpatine, yeah. Yoda, Lando. Uh, it's... introduced so many great characters. A lot of the lines are now, obviously, you got um, every single, a lot of lines are now part of, like, modern-day lexicon that like, everyone references. Even oh, people yeah. who haven't seen Empire Strikes Back if you reference joined. Empire Strikes Back at some point. Exactly, yeah. No, that's the thing, like, you might not even know if you're referencing it. Like, sometimes the references become bigger than the film. Yeah. And, uh... and, and like, well... And um, all the bits on Dagobah, I absolutely love. Yeah. Like, the bits in Luke and Yoda are just brilliant pieces of cinema. Best bins, like, visually, it's beautiful. And, like, all the scenes in there are great. I think that's probably my favourite Star Wars planet in a way, because just so, everything that happens on Best Bin is just great. Yeah. <laughs> There's not really a boring moment on there. And it's, you know, whether it big reveal is. And isn't it your favourite lightsaber fight out of all of them? Um, yeah. Because, like, I love how, like, Darth Vader could like kill Luke then. Um, yeah, easily. Any just, second, and really. It's just like the, the way it's teased. Yeah, you, and... you're almost you're almost wondering how Luke can hold his own, and you feel like, oh, this is a bit unreal. Like first time you watch it, but then uh, when the reveal comes, it's like I mean, obviously when I watched it, I knew what I knew the reveal. Yeah, everyone, everyone, yeah, does everyone that. now knows that spoil. But like, it's one of those things where like, it's not just a physical Star Wars like. Like everyone like looks at the, like saber battles and like you know like the prequels you got like the spinny ones people hate them or love yeah. them but like yeah. the whole point of that like lightsaber battle is it's not just a lightsaber battle it's like an emotional it's a battle. character like it's, it's a, a character moment yeah, yeah it's a mental battle as well because oh, yeah, you, you kind of feel there is something coming there between both of them and um, obviously you know obviously the the reveal of when it happens um, it's but, incredible like, it's yeah. so I lo- I love the um, like the lack of fluidity and the the, the, the just the, the brash and roughness of it, like you know, when Luke's just hammering on that. Oh yeah, like, yeah. It's br- like you can feel like yeah, the he's got no technique, drum, like, and it, it's it's great in the next film when you like, see him like he's like really like kind of polished and like he's yeah, better, way better of his lightsaber, but it kind of adds like way more context. You can see how far he's come. Yeah, you know? and like in Empire Strikes Back, like I mean, that's the only problem with it. You, it's a bit unclear, like how long it takes time over, but I think that's just Star Wars in general, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's just, it's, it's. I mean, 
it, it's, I, but like, it's because you don't know how whether he's been training for like five days or five months. You know what I mean? I mean the whole um, obviously. I mean even stuff like hands, like you know that oh, I love you, uh, I love you, and he goes, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Han is brilliant in this film, like the asteroid field where he goes, "Never yeah. tell me the odds." Yeah. I think that's that's probably one of the best Star Wars quotes of all time. It's C three P has done like incredibly for like comedic effect as well. Yeah, film. yeah. Like he, he's used. It's, 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 I mean, there's not really much you can say about the Empire that hasn't already been oh, no. examined and told by everyone. It's that just... bit where Chewbacca's like strangling Lando's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> even like Lando's betrayal's like a great, you know, it's a great little. There's just so much that happens. Yeah, but yet not a lot happens at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, it's... it's kind of like minor. It's probably the most minor film in the trilogy in terms of like getting. <laughs> getting stuff done in like amount of time but like it needs to happen all that stuff you know what i mean yeah and i think the, i mean the, the best way i can literally sit here and say how good empire strikes back is is if you want just to sit down and you want some fun for two and a half two hours two and a bit hours you're gonna mm. put on empire oh god yeah it's just, i mean the thing is you you ask most star wars fans like what's your favorite they're gonna put empire like first second or third and most yeah, put it first definitely I don't, I don't really think even like people who like like the other trilogies and they might not this. I don't know many people like that, but there is some people who don't like that. They find the original trilogy not as good or whatever. They always put Empire fairly high up. Yeah, definitely. It's just that one film, and it's kind of like what I was saying about the Dark Knight. Like it's a perfect sequel. Like it, it yeah. ticks all the boxes of sequel criteria. And like, it does expand on the universe really well. Yeah, yeah, all the new planets and everything, and it's like. All the new char- all the great new characters, and like, um, but the like the effects are better as well. Yeah, I think it's probably the best sets and effects in Empire out of all of them, to be honest. Because Return of the Jedi is a bit too over reliant on CGI at the same yeah. time, and New Hope's kind of like it's not quite got it, but it's phenomenal for like all the stuff that happens here, like for the eighties. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah, isn't it's it? great. And, uh, but, I mean, that's the thing. You can't really say that much about it because when a film's that good, it's just like, oh, this is good, this is good. Everyone has it's, said it's, everything it's hard, about it. It's yeah. so much easier to criticise a film than, you know, perfect it. It's like, I can't just be like, oh, this, this is a hidden detail in Empire because there's, there's that much like that has already been said. Yeah. It's such a massive film. Yeah. But I can't, like, I don't know whether it's my f- favourite or my or Dark Knight's my favourite, but that's the thing. They're both just two great films, two yeah. perfect sequels, you know. So that's Definitely. all I've got to say, really. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been. I think every single film, like, like your whole list in general, has every single one. There's not. There's not a film on there that I'm like, oh, that's that's a strange one. Everything exactly film yeah. makes sense. Um, exactly. It's also like it's a really good list as well. Like if if you want to get into like a lot of people, especially like my, if I've made a list, it'd be everywhere. Like lots of different films and lots of different. But like, if you want like a modern list of the last like 20, 25 years, it's a great. You've got a great. Your list is a great starting point for someone who's. Oh yeah, definitely. If if you're looking at Alien Cameron's work and you're like, oh, I want to see some great films that are quite modern. Oh, your Mark, list would be great. You're on about my list. Yeah, yeah your yeah, list no, is great. All, no, my list is kind of like it's different. A lot of different films, but also some like great kind of blockbusters as well. You know. Yeah, yeah. The, it's, 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 I think it's quite. I think I got quite a good mix in there. I didn't just do like what all all action films or whatever. You know. What yeah, I mean? yeah, definitely. Um, 
we'll finish on what we've been watching the last like week or so. Um, oh, okay. So, what have you watched? I mean, obviously, we mentioned The Godfather already. Have well, The Godfather was... Um, I actually recently I went through the um, Brotherhood trilogy again. Well, is that what oh, it's called? Oh, yeah. The, Kiddlehood, the... Adulthood, Brotherhood. Yeah. It's actually a really good trilogy, to be fair. Yeah, it's... I think Kiddlehood's the strongest out of the I'd three. probably agree with that as well. And, like, obviously, the act, some of the acting is a bit hit or miss. It's... But, like, Noel Clark's really good. At Noel Clark's great. I mean, he's, he's got that he's got that bulletproof show that's um, come out in the UK that I know that's quite big. Um, but, like, we could also seriously, it's really cool. It's really cool. And it's, like, it's, like, British culture in general and, like... Oh, yeah, um, it sums up, like, life in, like, sort of, two, like, early like, 2000s. Yeah, like, in London, like, like, really well. Uh, especially, like, the areas it is, like, Ladbroke Grove and, like, Latimer Road. It really oh, gets, yeah, yeah. like, the grittiness sometimes of these areas, which is really great. And, and they've got, like, the Danny Dyer and Adelhood. That's, like, a great inclu- yeah. inclusion. <laughs> I don't know, what's Dyer. your favourite out of the three? I'd probably agree with you, kidulthood or kidulthood or adulthood. Yeah, brotherhood's not... Bad. I just feel no, like it's just not as good as for me. It's just not as. It's good. a bit of a one-trick kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's nice seeing it like today's like film and everything, but the thing is, it's nowhere near as interesting. When it's kind of like a kid's story told from like an adult's perspective. Yeah, it's like it's cool to see some of the characters come back. Yeah, definitely. Um, have you watching anything else? Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, well. I mean, obviously, I've been watching, like, in terms of series, I've been watching Better Call Saul quite a bit recently. Yeah, that's cool. Which is r- really good. But, that's like, great. I don't think it's quite as good as Breaking Bad. What, ep- what season are you on? I'm on season one, episode eight. Okay, um, well, give it to season three, man. Then it, like, it takes off. Apparently season three, when, like, Lalo comes into it. This is what I've been told. It gets, like, really season good. Season three is... is I think so it was cool as well, because Better Call Saul, like, even though it's mainly about Sol, it adds so much more to Mike's character. Yeah, definitely. You can see how it come from, like with like, his, like his spo- daughter. Spoilers, his but like his son and what happens with his son. It like because I, I don't know about you, but when I first watched Breaking Bad, I didn't really find Mike that much of a likable character. You see, I've always liked Mike because I just think he's cool. <laughs> he is cool, but like he was a bit grumpy. But like you can actually kind of understand yeah, him like, like more about cool Sol. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely like a really good inclusion to make him like a main character. I mean, a couple of Jonathan Banks is seventy three and he's still like he's just he's just like going around with like guns and like yeah, it's the cool. set. It's, it's incredible. Kind of cool, character. Um I mean But yeah, I'll I'll I really like it. Yeah. It's just not in terms of like the action, it's just not quite got the breaking bad. No, but bad like as a yet. drama, like it was never gonna be like breaking bad, like it's 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 it focused be. on Oh no. Lawyer. I don't think anything could really top breaking bad in terms of no, definitely do you think, not. What do you think Vince Gill are going to go on to do after? Oh, I don't song? know. I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I do think he's like, he's Breaking Bad and Bexel is so well written. What are your thoughts on Al Camino? Because that's fairly recent. And like... Oh, look, I thought it was really like, it, I mean, it, it didn't, it wasn't it's quite unnecessary, unnecessary, but I mean, but it's, it's just great... nice. And it, it, like, if it was bad, I would have not liked it. People would not liked it. But I think everyone had the general concept. It was really good. Like, it was solid. That shootout scene was really good. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, my he, only he, criticism was like I feel like a lot of the Todd scenes were kind of a bit boring to be yeah. honest. But it was kind of like stuff we'd already seen before. But I can yeah. understand why they're in there. But yeah. it was kind of stuff we'd already seen before. But with like um, like I I really like that Badger and Skinny Pete scene where they're like yeah. the CGSE and like Jesse just like this broken man. Yeah, that's cool. It's such a tragic story, like 
the story of Jesse, but it's really nice to see that he's the one out of everyone who gets like, the happy ending, really. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I think that, um, that, uh, um, what was I going to say now? About <laughs> Jesse. Oh, Jesse. Um, I love, see, again, like, I do think the ending of Breaking Bad is, like, perfect, though. Oh, yeah, that bit where he, like, goes out the gate. And they give each other the nod, but... Because, um, someone was saying the other day to me, well, I just heard it, they were saying probably the most heartbreaking scene is the bit where Andrea is killed, because it's, like, it's kind of like the only person Jesse's got left who he actually loves is, like, killed. Yeah, And it's, like, it's, like, really hard, and you can see him, like, screaming, like, yeah. Was Jesse one of your favourite characters in terms of, like, actual, like... Yeah, like... definitely. Because Walt was my favourite in terms of an actual, like, character arc. But in terms of, like, his actual personality, like... Oh, yeah. Well, you're not meant to, like, feel like him that much towards the end. I think that's what's so good not... about Felina, though. It, it kind of, like... It's almost a redemption. That episode kind of is in a ways, bit yeah. of a redemption, isn't it? But you can tell, like, Walt, although, like, he turned badly, Walt always did mean well to the people he cared for. Yeah, but that... Like, well, ex- for example, like he tried to keep Hank alive. Yeah, but he just that whole Ozymandias is that was a spoiler, by the way, as well. Oh, so spoiler. Yeah, but I mean, we'll I, st- I, wait, I, we'll I just... got it spoiled for me, but <laughs> yeah. Now, nah, like, yeah, Breaking Bad, such a great series. I mean, we yeah. we got to do a Breaking Bad episode one day because yeah, when definitely. Jack watches it, we got to like fully go into it because definitely it's so good. I mean, I know it came out like quite a bit ago now, but come on, like it's just great television yeah it's great um for me this week i've, I've watched uh two mule for sister sarah which is a don siegel clint eastwood like western any good um it's solid it's, it's a solid western i mean don clint eastwood's like you know it's he, not as good as the sergio leone trilogy uh mm. the fifth the, the, the dollars trilogy um but it's a solid western um yeah Charismatic Clint Eastwood, uh, Don Siegel's direction, who obviously know for the Dirty Harry series. Mm-hmm. Uh, good fun. Uh, I also watched Once of Tom in the West, which is Sergio Leone's. You mentioned Once Upon a Time in America last before. episode. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned this is, one. Is that as good or just. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a few issues, but it's like the, the opening 30 minutes are perfect. Like, yeah. There's, there's no better way you could tell the first 30 minutes of the film. And Sergio, although like, I don't think it's his best, not even being the best, Sergio, like any other director for me, it'd probably be their best film. Mm-hmm. But Sergio has just got such a diverse and great like um, filmography that it's, it's hard to touch. Um, for a little Towards the end of the second act, it, things get a bit messy with the plot and it, it comes a little less interesting, but as soon as... As soon as that's over with, it picks back up instantly. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's beautiful. The cinematography is brilliant. I mean, it's... Ins- but it's kind of like overshadowed a bit by Once Upon a Time in America. Um, I want to say it's overshadowed because it's great. Some people consider it's his best, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, I still think it's... It's it's top... You can't even say that. I do think it's... I think everyone should watch it, and some people consider it his best film. Mm-hmm. But um, I've just got a few issues with it. Like, it's just me uh, on a personal preference. But you might watch it and think it's his best film. Like, yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's more of a personal preference that you think Once yeah. Upon a Time in America is his favourite. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, but Once Upon a Time in the West, he's, he's, I mean, Charles Bronson's great as a harmonica. Mm-hmm. Um, and that opening scene, the first 35 minutes are just perfect. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's really all I've got for today. Did you say you watched The Avengers? Like, what was that? Oh, yeah, I watched The Avengers though. as well the other day. Solid yeah. film. 
Probably one of the yeah. best superhero films in terms of like Marvel's catalogue, yeah. to be fair. Um, yeah. um, but that's really it. Yeah, basically. I've, I've enjoyed uh, today, so thanks for getting me on. Yeah, no again. problem. We'll, we'll obviously have you on again. Um, mm. Hopefully, maybe very soon. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Well, that's his favourite um, this week. More guests, so you never know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for sharing your list. and uh, No props. Thanks for everyone for listening. Um, yeah. Thanks for George for coming on, and we'll see you on the next episode. See you later.